Jesus. <laughs> I can't believe you. You're ridiculous. You know what? what for miss? that that party foul, so I can explain it to Josh. You can go open the hallway door so Ivan doesn't start meowing at us halfway through the podcast. Yep, that's your task for that fuck up. So I'm gonna wait till Tony gets on and he's live so he can hear about Karina's fuck up too. Sweet. So Karina's sitting here and she sits down, she's testing out her mic. She's like, one, two, one, two. And she's like, Why why can't I hear myself? What the fuck? And I was like, Well, you were fucking with the the mic, the switches on the back when you were taking out the box, like flipping back, see if that works. And she's like flipping them back or like adjusting the like audio interface trying to see if that and then i look yeah. over i'm like you're on fucking mute it's just like good lord what? it's always the most simple it's the simplest thing always every time that just means it's an easy fix <laughs> yeah thankfully good lord otherwise we're gonna I, I go back to, to scared real quick we're going like, back shit. going back to old school days we were both using the same mic oh, looking like God. we're giving the same dude head please <laughs> <laughs> what you're gonna have to edit that out. Oh, I'm leaving it in. Fuck it, do it. I don't care. <laughs> I poured a little whiskey in my coffee tonight. Is that an MGD? It sure is. I fucking wow. love it. It's a genuine draft. You know what? It so, is. Uh, I'm it not says so on the label. <laughs> what you doing over Must there? Must be true. <laughs> uh, Miller fake draft. Not a Miller fake draft. Do you got like a, a banquet beer over there, Josh? like a pen it's oh a pen. that's that is exactly what i did too except you're, not yeah. a pen you're a little tiny square unless you make noise we can't see anything yeah say something while yeah, you I hold know. it up oh jesus oh. <laughs> you know you can hit the the view on the side where it says gallery and you can see everybody at the same time get the fuck out of here do that shit fucking kidding yeah what? we don't fuck with that we just go with the audio are so you we serious know when to shut the fuck up oh wow no, that's why you can see everybody at the same time what this whole yeah. time are you kidding Did you guys me? Not this, no. no we've just been rocking the fucking we've little been... screens on the top and whenever someone talks it gets no big. wonder yeah. they can't see my facial expressions <laughs> during the i can't see nobody's facial expressions i <laughs> otherwise i probably laugh wow. a lot more you'll see okay everything. so all it right. goes so much better. You'll see when people are trying to talk. So what you're saying is this is the way we became the Brady Bunch. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole new world. So I'm going to be honest. Um, I feel a lot worse about making fun of you uh, for uh, the mute situation there. You should. Because I'm a fucking idiot with the Zoom. Mother F. Just sit straight, you bitch. There's no way to talk to Rick. <laughs> That's nothing. <laughs> That's fucking nothing. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning back into the Challenge Fandom Podcast. We're back with another episode of the Challenge Trash Talk Roundtable. Um, as, <laughs> as always... Um, Ricky Hayes, uh, my beautiful wife, Karina Hayes over here on my uh, right hand side, uh, up there in our screen, but in Nova Scotia, we've got Tony stats and info Lance, and then down in the bottom rocking the challenge fandom colors with the purple or purple, pink, maroonish color. And it's hard to tell it's RGB and blue. We got Josh. I argue with Karina all the time. Motherfucking chambers. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Let's fucking go. 
Josh and I went from being a hive mind last episode to now we argue all the time. I got to give me and Tony the edge anyway. Oh, my God, you're a dick. I got to get Tony, me and Tony, hive mind, hive mind, hive mind. He doesn't even have to know. He's looking away from the screen. He still knows. Absolutely. There's somebody walking up my street at 1.13 in the morning. That's weird. At least it's not a bear. I guess I can't really say that it's strange because I'm also sitting at my dining room table with a podcast set up at 1.13 in the morning, so... (laughs) Yeah, that probably looks odd to people as well. <laughs> Quick question. You're in Canada. Do you lock your doors? Yes. Good. Wow. Okay, I'm happy to hear that because the rumor is down here that nobody locks that their doors out there. you don't lock your doors there. No, I absolutely lock my doors. <laughs> Phenomenal. I don't, I don't like people in general. So the people that are in my house are the people I've already personally vetted. Um, yeah. <laughs> your child and your wife. Yeah. <laughs> And my three cats. Like, You're cool. All right, you guys can come in. Yeah. They've been cleared. They're on the guest list. Um, nobody else has, so they have to knock. <laughs> yep. I like it. I like it. And I'm not home, even if they can see me in the window. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, Karina answers the door. I'm like, dude, just fucking ignore him. Who cares if they Sometimes see Sometimes I don't answer the door. I yeah, stared I that one guy down from the door as he we'll walked just, away. I was like. Just look. Can we talk? No, we can't. No. Bye. <laughs> I the the doorbell will ring and I will go like three quarters of the way towards the door so I can see the driveway and see if it's like UPS or something like that. Yeah. And then if it's not a UPS truck, I still wait and see if the person goes away, like if they're just dropping something off or if they stay, because if they're dropping something off, they will leave. Yeah. And then that's fine. But if they don't go away, then they need they need something. Yeah. And then I'll check. Yeah, I still don't. I'm like, all right, bye. No. I look and I see if it's like a lot of the time, though, it's the boys. She'll fucking text me. Do we have an Amazon order coming? (laughs) I don't like being (laughs) home alone. And then like somebody knocks on the door. It freaks me out. I'm like, that's not cool. Why? Why would you dare? Why are there people in the world? What the fuck? Why? (laughs) Anyway, they disappear when Rick goes to work. Right. (laughs) It's, It's like that meme that says like. I don't need call display to see who's calling. I need the display that tells me why they're calling. Yes. Thank you. Bingo. Because if it could be a text or an email, voicemail. Yep. Yep. The only time it's acceptable to really fucking call. Actually, I can't say that. You're a caller. I do enjoy phone calls more unless it's like something fucking like. It just depends on the person, really. Don't honestly. call me, guys. Don't fucking call me because you will 98% of the time be sent to voicemail. And I'm not going to send you. I'm just going to let it ring so that you don't know that I fucking hit end call. But I seen your call coming through. I just, I I, I, can't, I, I, I have no interest. I got shit to there do. Is, <laughs> there are a select few that I will pick up the phone, like, as soon as I see the, the name. Yeah. But, like, a lot of the time I I will let it go to voicemail because most of the time, like I'm at work when people yeah. are calling and stuff like that. But one. Yeah, that's the thing is like, it's not like I'm just like sitting on my ass, like eating snacks and like ignoring phone calls all day. Like I'm doing shit. I'm busy. Sometimes I do that. But I most do, of the time I do answer first, you know, certain people like <laughs> Rick. I always answer his calls and like, you know, like my my other kid's dad. If he calls, I answer his calls like 70 percent of the time. So. Or Josh when he's in the hospital. Yes. 
If you ever called me, Josh, I would probably answer because I would be like, well, that's weird that he's calling me. Why is he calling me? I got to answer to figure out what the fuck he's calling me for. <laughs> it's got to be something important because otherwise he would have just called Rick. So like, <laughs> can, can I just point out something? I like how we're like, we're going to keep this under two hours. And then I scroll your notes and my notes and they're like a fucking Stephen King book. They are. So let's get this going. You sure you don't want to talk about phone calls? No, I don't want to talk about phone calls. Okay okay guys hopefully you liked our last uh recap of uh the previous episode of survivor because we're gonna go ahead and do it again and just so you know josh has uh removed himself from the podcast at this point because he hasn't been doing his homework with survivor kareen is about to choke on some rice so please excuse that sound <coughs> and that ladies and gentlemen is why you don't eat rice while you're breathing it's the problem with classic cars yeah it's the carburetor issue no, just don't eat rice if you're around funny people. Oh, well, Tony, Tony, that's your fault. Um, oh, my God. So, uh, like I said, Josh has hopped off on this portion, so it's just going to be me, Karina, and Tony recapping Survivor for you guys. Um, if you guys don't want to listen to this Survivor recap, go ahead and uh, skip forward. There'll be a timestamp down in the description to let you know when the All-Stars 3 uh, breakdown starts happening. Um, so that way, you guys, if you don't want to listen to the Survivor recap, you can go ahead and skip it, obviously. Yeah. So um, we're talking about episode 11 of Survivor, aptly titled uh, Caterpillar Becomes a Butterfly. <laughs> and I really enjoy the title of this because it is spot on in what happens in this episode. Oh, yeah. uh, basically, just kind of get through everything, which is the first 20 minutes of recap and really small talk before anyone knows what's going on. Um, they come back from voting Drea out. Everybody's obviously excited because it was a really exciting tribal process in elimination uh, during the vote. Um, you know, we we even gloated about how great of an episode it was because of that. Yeah. Um, so they get back. Yeah. Um, Lindsay's amulet is the big news is because now that Drea is out and she's the only one with the amulet left, it becomes an immunity idol. Um, so that, but the thing is, is it's only good till final six. So she has to play it this week if she's going to use it at all. Yeah. And the same with Marianne's. That is vote. correct. Yes. I, and I didn't know that. I thought that was through without, but that was a good reminder. I'm glad they brought that up. Um, so, you know, kind of getting an idea of where everybody's headspace is at this portion. Um, the notes I have is, you know, Omar feels like he's in a perfect spot. You know, he can, he's earned the trust of Mike with this idol which he gave back after the vote immediately, immediately which was surprising. I thought he yeah. was going to try to play it off a little bit, but he gave it right back. There's a reason which nobody knows. So he Omer had an advantage. That's right. That was not shown. Um, they got it way back in the episode where um, they won the fish. And what happened is uh, Jonathan and Omer were on their way to the water well and the advantage was basically just there, plain sight. And he said that it's the only time in the entire time that they were on the island that he outran Jonathan. And <laughs> he got, got the advantage. It was an idol nullifier. So he could neutralize anyone's idol um, in the game. Wow. And he and Jonathan decided that they were the only two who were going to know about it. They were not telling anyone else. They were keeping it completely on the down low. And that was going to be that um, in in the intro. I don't know if you noticed, like fairly early on in the episode um, when Mike and Jonathan are sitting on the beach talking, um, he 
Mike says something about Omer and Jonathan, like, and about Omer and Lindsay. And Jonathan gets this really weird yeah. look. Um, Jonathan had found out by interrogating both Omer and Lindsay that Omer had actually told Lindsay about the nullifier. Oh. And that is what sort of soured the relationship between Omer and I would, Jonathan. Okay, thank you. Because um, I was wondering what happened. Yeah, because we had talked about yeah, that. Yeah, I was wondering what happened between them because they were so like close and like locked together and I loved their friendship. I knew they'd have to break apart. But I just, I, I didn't, yeah. you don't see that break. Yeah, so I guess that had sort of soured it. And then just to to pitch it back to Rick, the reason that he was a, willing to give the idol back so quickly is, and why it was sort of a non-issue for him was he had the nullifier. So the plan was always to just like, Give Mike back his idol. Mike plays his idol, and he neutralizes it. And sends yeah, it and, and, that makes sense. And that makes what they talk about throughout the rest of the game very interesting on how they were going to play it. Yeah. Um. But like I said, you know, it, is Omar feels like he's in a perfect spot because after this move, he's dramatically moved up the rankings of you know who could win this season by that move alone. Mm-hmm. And with that amount of attention, uh, also comes a bit of a target, right? And Mike uh, pretty much realizes right away that, hey, you know what? This is not a good situation with Omar. Uh, there's a little bit too much uh, invested on both sides. And Mike realizes, like, I need to I need to make a move um, and that he can't trust Omar. Um, and it, it right after the uh, the they get back from tribal and everybody's asleep early in the morning, Marianne and Mike are awake and they're talking. And this is kind of where Mike starts his his work in his social game to start talking to Marianne saying, you know, let's start working to get working together to get rid of Omar um, and kind of convince her that that move that Omar made last night has put him in the lead to, to win this game and that they need to do something about which he's not wrong. No, he's not wrong at all. No, you know, so, and I think I really enjoyed the way Marianne played this because she played it pretty straightforward with Mike and was truthful yeah. and honest all the time. Like, I, I understand what you're saying and I like the idea, but I need to think about it. You need to give me some time to really think it over. And, um, you know, I think it, 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 it leaves a little notch on her belt for integrity with Mike. And I, I think it yeah. was a smart move to do that. Do you have any thoughts on that portion or no? Not necessarily. Um, Omer also said in his um, confessional that he planned on splitting up Mike and yeah. Jonathan yeah. and driving a wedge between the two of them. So basically, he would convince them to vote for each other so that he could basically decide which one he wanted to get out um, at this point. And the only other thing, um, but I know that we had said that because we're doing the recaps, we want to kind of highlight the people who are most likely to show up on the challenge or could most conceivably make that Mm -hmm. jump. Um, And from season 42, it's looking like Jonathan, Lindsay, Drea, and possibly um, Chanel. um, Oh, that's, that's, yeah, that's a good one. Actually. I I could see, um, I could see Chanel. I could low key see Marianne doing it. Honestly. Yeah. That's, that's, she, she adds, she's like a Josh dynamic. It's, it's kind of like a wild card. You don't know how it's going to go. Yeah. Very much so. Right. I could see, and I would be game for it because, you know, it's not like Marianne's a slouch by any means. She puts a hundred percent, you know, it's just there. She's so overshadowed by Lindsay, Jonathan and Mike. It's incredible. And then what Omar did just overshadowed her even more, Um, Yeah, you know, so, 
uh, kind of skipping forward a little bit, uh, a little bit further into the morning, right after uh, the tribal, Marianne, Lindsay, and Romeo and Omar all decide that they want to get either Jonathan or Mike out, you know, which is directly, uh, directly correlated with, you know, Omar deciding he wants to drive that wedge because they're the two strongest, most, most athletic guys there left. Well, and, and Marianne, Lindsay and Romeo have been talking about this for a couple episodes now. Well, yeah. And it makes sense because if you don't get Jonathan out, you don't know when he's either going to win or ever lose an elimination again, because Lindsay's the only one that's really competing with him. She yes, exactly. What Tori beat him on a, on those first two balance balance ones, and then Lindsay's beaten him once or twice as well. But yeah, yeah I mean, and, and I go ahead, Tony. I was just gonna say, and we know that he can build fire. So exactly, final four is traditionally fire making. Mm-hmm. So if you don't get him out, because now we're down to now we're down to five by the end of this episode. So if you don't get him out next, then he either goes to the final or somebody has to make fire and beat him and send him to the jury. Otherwise he's in the final three. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing. And you know what? I was thinking about this. Like, I think that Omar probably would have made the move to get rid of Mike first. Mm -hmm. um, If it wasn't for that, that, idol and he doesn't want to use the nullifier yet you know what i mean i think he would have he would have preferred to go after mike first just because of his social game because he didn't he didn't have a a time limit on on the nullifier right or at least Um, not that he said technically it would be final five for the simple fact that you can only use idols up to final five so you could really only conceivably use an idol nullifier up to the point that you can't use idols anymore Gotcha. Okay. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. And you know what? I I also want to give props to Jonathan because I know a lot of people talk about his social game not being as strong as some of the other players. Um, Mm. I think he's lacking other aspects more. I'm still a big fan of him, but I think the conversation him and Mike had in the little confessional he did, I I know they're not called confessionals, but where they're off to the side and it's just seven productions. Okay. Um, where he goes, you know, he's aware of the the alliance being built between Omar and Lindsay, and he's on the outside. Yeah, and he makes a very you know poignant statement, which is the Taku uh, the Taku four made it to the final six, but mm. all of them are realizing this is where it ends. Somebody from this. Oh yeah, he says four, he says it's time to break up. <laughs> yeah, it's time to break yeah. up, and it, it, it's true. And but it's impressive to see this four make it all the way to the final six it's yes. super impressive what like that's insane and i don't obviously i don't know because i don't have the survivor background but like is that something that normally it's a, it's happens or like um normally you get you get to a point where there will be a core group that'll come and go through but when you get to a certain point where there's still enough people left Mm-hmm. That somebody from that group can splinter and still have a majority. Right. You're going to see that more often than people ride all the way to the end with a lar- like with a group of four. You can see it with a group of two. Um, like okay. you can see it like with a duo a little yeah. bit more where you've got a ride or die and you're like you'll go to the f- to the final or into like a six when you have to start kind of taking each other out. Right. Which is pretty much what this op- this episode is all about. Yeah. You've got. Marianne trying to decide whether she's going to try to get out Omer. You've got 
Omer trying to decide whether they're, he's going to take out Mike. You've got Lindsay trying to take out Jonathan. Like there's all these people that have been tight duos at various points in the game yeah. that are yeah. all realizing that this is the point where they need to start taking people out because the votes are no longer just who you're sending to the jury. Now, every vote that you send somebody to the jury is another step closer that the rest of the people that are in the game have to make it to final tribal. Right. And that you have to compete against them in that final vote yeah. with the jury. <laughs> and yeah, you, I've been thinking about this and a contestant uh, later in the episode uses this term, but I think it's a term that is kind of relevant throughout this episode. And it's a reoccurring theme as much as what you just said, Tony, and that's survivor safe. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? Like I feel survivor safe. And I think a lot of these people think their position and they're like, okay, I'm survivor safe because I've got this working. But as a viewer, we kind of view it from that outside perspective where it's such a fluid, yep. fluid situation and the way this social game works that nobody's <laughs> safe at any given time. Because within five minutes of a conversation, all of a sudden somebody can have an epiphany and the whole vote changes in five minutes. And and that's something that I've grown to really appreciate watching Survivor that no other reality TV show has. Like very rarely do you see that happen on big brother but it does happen right. with like blind sides but like it seems like recently in survivor it's happening more and more like multiple times throughout the season and and it makes it more enjoyable at least to me as a viewer to see it happen mm -hmm. yeah i agree i agree yeah um you know and and another reoccurring theme and it surprises me with how strong of a game omar's played thus far is that he doesn't realize how big of a target that move he played at tribal has put on him oh yeah yeah between between the move itself the fact that it was done at tribal the reaction mm -hmm. by the jury and drea pointing out that the only person that knew about the knowledge's power was omer giving yeah. him all the credit it was, for it yeah. yeah well and i think she was also making sure that the rest of the cast knew that hey i trusted this dude with a secret and the first thing he did is went and tell somebody so just so y'all know you know yeah. so like it was like a double a a double whammy for her. She got oh the, totally you know yeah yeah. She gave him credit, but then also put his game in the line of fire. You know, so it's the same the same as telling Mike that she, he's if he makes it to the final, he wins. Yeah, that's aptly a kiss of death because then you know that nobody else that's there is going to want to take you to the end. Exactly. exactly. And you know what? And another thing that I kind of noticed, and and I'm like a a baby deer who's just opened his eyes to Survivor for the first time, so everything's <laughs> kind of like new and exciting for me. Um, but is in this final six is that it's you know three factions of two have really developed, right? Um, which is Lindsay Omar, um, Romeo Marianne, Jonathan Mike. Yep. But yep. then you start seeing these intermingling between these different groups to accomplish goal. And it, it's really fun to watch play out. So I love watching the alliances on Survivor. Yeah. I mean, and look, if if you're not a Survivor fan or you haven't watched it and you're just listening through this to get to the All Stars portion, um, I'm a new fan as well and I wasn't a big believer, but I jumped in on this season and I've been thoroughly impressed throughout and i've really enjoyed it so i i suggest people give it a try you even like you even make it like past like 10 30 at night on wednesdays when we watch survivor i know like I'm you, dedicated. you stay up and watch the entire episode and like that's it's it really shows your love for it 
Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> so um, I, I think that pretty much covers anything, everything before the reward challenge, unless anybody else has something they want to add to it. No, I think that was. No, I think yeah. that's it. I think yeah, okay. that was pretty much it for what the original plans were. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we get to the reward challenge and um, we find out that they're going to be playing. Does he announce it what they're playing for right away? Or does he save that to, towards the end? Uh, he says that it's he says that it's for sustenance yeah, he does, or he decadence. Says, he, he, yeah. He says, do you want to know what you're playing for? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. He tells and them like, what he he doesn't tell them the breakdown. Exactly. He just tells you what you choose between. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You either get the the chicken and vegetables or you get the chocolate cake and cookies. But he doesn't yeah. break down like how many people you get to take with you. Yeah. Or anything right. like that. Yeah. yeah. So um, the the challenge is actually pretty. I thought I was going to have a hard time explaining this, but it's pretty simple. Basically, yeah. uh, there's a rope uh, that's attached to a spool and it's wound up and you have to get inside that spool and unwind the rope. Once you get done unwinding that rope, it's kind of like a balance beam obstacle with a rope tied on it with your puzzle pieces. You have to walk on that. If you fall off, you have to start over, uh, untie the puzzle pieces, go to the end. And then when you get to the end, there's those blocks that you collected on the on the balance beam and you have to put them together and they make basically kind of like a compass looking figure. Yeah, I don't know the exact a term. A compass, compass rose. rose. Yeah. Compass rose. There we go. Um, so. Uh, we started off and, you know, you get the 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 standard to really kind of dart out to the lead, which is Lindsay and and Jonathan. But my favorite part about it is just oh how God. out of control Marianne is in her spin. <laughs> um, and it's not like she's fucking around. She's just going one hundred and ten percent. And it loses control and falls down multiple times. I thought she was going to break a rib the way that spools around them. You yeah. Know what I mean? um, and then. uh you know, as always, Jonathan finishes first in the ro- in the the rope spool, uh, gets to the balance beam, um, you know, and then uh, if, if I remember right, Marianne gets to the uh, the the part where you're at the balance beam and she's so dizzy, she starts spinning in the opposite direction to like cancel out the dizziness. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she <laughs> spins the other way to counteract the Disney, the dizziness. Yeah, Jeff Jeff even a, yeah, exactly. That I'm gonna, awesome. I'm gonna ask our nine year old if that's like a, something that he's ever done. See if that's something that you know <laughs> is a thing. You know what I mean? Adam Klein tried it on the recap with uh, with Rob because yeah, Adam Klein was on the recap uh, this week. Yeah, and he spun in his computer chair one way and then tried to spin the other way, and he was like, "I'm less dizzy, but I don't know if it's because I didn't spin hard enough to be dizzy." So inconclusive. <laughs> Fair enough. It's probably some for Mythbusters. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, they, you know, they, Jonathan gets through uh, the balance beam the fastest, gets to the puzzle. Um, and this is where my knock on Jonathan comes in. Not strong on the puzzles. You know, the puzzle's tough, though. Um, it was. It's, be- it's not strong like straight squares yeah there's like attachments and certain parts go over another piece yeah. it was it was a difficult puzzle i would have had an issue with it too. yeah it was like a 3d jigsaw yeah. puzzle like yeah because both sides have to match so like some of them some of the pieces will work on one side but then when you look at the other side you've got a big square that's missing yeah, yeah and, exactly. and i didn't notice that till they were about halfway through and then i was like oh okay this is pretty difficult that's why it's so hard yeah. okay yeah um <laughs> You know, long story short, I mean, I, I you can go back and watch it. And Jeff does a better job of announcing who's in the lead at what portions than me. Uh, Tony, what do you got to say? 
I was just going to say at one point, um, like you, you can tell that it's going to take a while and that it's not going to be a stellar performance from everyone. When Jeff says something along like the lines of listen to the sound of the puzzles. And then as soon as he says that the like bozo brass instrument music starts playing <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of like almost the clown car music. I love it. Yeah. Now Michaela actually almost um, won this puzzle on her season. Oh, so this has been a repeated uh, oh, yeah. challenge. The, like okay. the compass, the compass rose and like the interlocking pieces, that's a recurring thing. And like most of this obstacle has mm. been done before, possibly like pulled different parts from different challenges. And it's sort of like a pick and mix. Um, but yeah, she ended up having the entire puzzle completed, but the very top one, she had the, um, the point, the white and the color portions were flipped. So somewhere else on the puzzle, the point was wrong. Probably the bottom and she'd have to restart. That's the one where she kicks the shit out of it. Right? Yeah, exactly. Love it. You know what? That's a girl of my own heart. You get upset at time you kick it. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Anyways, by this point, as Jonathan's struggling, uh, Lindsay, Omar, Mike, Marianne, Romeo finally make it up and they start on their puzzles. Um, What impressed me is I think Marianne was the last one up and she put that puzzle together quick. She did catch up. She caught up real quick. And that girl is is good at those puzzles. Um, You know, and anyways, what it ends up coming down to is really Marianne and Omar. From what I remember, 100%. Lindsay was was getting there, but she was right there with Jonathan from what I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Omar ends up squeaking out the win and gets a reward challenge um, and finds out that, uh, you know, the sustenance is, like we said earlier, chicken and vegetables. Uh, the decadence is chocolate cake and chocolate chip cookies or cookies. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. Jeff informs Omar that he is allowed to bring, choose two people two people if he goes with sustenance, but he's allowed to bring three people if he goes with decadence. Yep. Which is the only way that you will ever get people that far in the game this close to the end to choose decadence over sustenance. Yeah, yeah exactly. I was I was surprised, but it made sense to go with the decadence just because, yep. you know, the alliance building and the rapport building you can get with that many people. Um, and he ends up uh, picking, if I remember correctly, Marianne, Romeo, and Mike. Yep. Uh, yep. And he justifies it as, you know, these people have, you know, haven't won as many, haven't been to as many of these scenes. Um, you, so, you know, I, I get it. You know, I get him taking Mike, too, because he's really trying to solidify that that alliance, still not let Mike yep. think, hey, I'm not right. going to pick you. And he also says he purposely doesn't pick Jonathan because he wants to make him a little bit weaker for the immunity uh, challenge the following day. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and Lindsay too, you know, as much as, as much as they might, you know, be working together at the end of the day, you still have to beat her too. And she's the second best physical competitor on that show right now. So I think it was a good choice. I personally, I mean, like, like you said, I, I get why he chose the decadence, why he chose the chocolate cake and the cookies. Um, me personally, like I was watching it and my first reaction was like, if I was Lindsay or um, Jonathan, like I'd probably be okay with this, with that choice and being yeah. left behind because I don't know that I would want to go eat a bunch of cake and cookies on a stomach that I've been starving for weeks now. No. 
And then you're going to crash so fucking hard off of that. So like, and they got all the rice. They got everybody's rice for that meal, you know? So it was like, it was almost like they kind of made out even a little bit better than the people who got to go on the reward, except for they all got to talk and strategize and shit. Just real quick. And I'll let you go, Tony, because I know you have a more elaborate thought than I do on this. All I was going to say was, after 21 days with no sugar, like actual like processed sugar, could you imagine how fucking good that cookie tasted? Oh, just yeah. that first bite, not even the second, just that first initial bite with like cookie and chocolate chip. It was probably the best cookie that those people will ever have in their lives. Yeah. And then so, it'll go right through them. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That was the only down part. Then you're going to hate your life. <laughs> yeah. Like I even I looked at that cake and I was like, oh, God, that's a horrible idea. Like eat one cookie. Yep. Call it good. You're going to get a good sugar rush and get like 500 calories off that one cookie. Yeah. You'll be fine. Yeah. You, know, you don't need multiple. But anyways, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no worries. Um, I was going to say the other thing with the um, chicken and veg option, because you can only take two people. If you look at who's left, like, because you've got Jonathan and Lindsay, they're staying regardless. They're not going on the thing. Right. So what you end up having to decide is who's that third person that's going to stay with them. Yeah. If you leave Mike, you run a very real chance of Mike and Jonathan flipping Lindsay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You take Marianne, you have a very strong chance of Jonathan being able to influence Marianne or Marianne talking to Jonathan about trying to get further. If you leave Romeo, Romeo is at a point where any name that's not his is the name that he will write down. And rightfully so, because he's this close to the end. Exactly. So as much as sustenance is the better option for you personally, it's also coming down to if you can take one more person away from camp that can't strategize against you. Right, right. Then leave, leave the two people that don't like each other right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And well, and the thing is, is like, I, I, I don't disagree with the choice that Omar, uh, that Omar made. I think he made the right choice for his game, especially because there's only like three more days left on the island. So it's not like you still yeah. have 10 days left or whatever. You know, you got three days left, one more challenge, you know, whatever. So I get why he made his choice. And I think that he was right. I'm just saying, like, I, I would have preferred to be in Lindsay's situation in that mm-hmm. moment rather than like Marianne's or whatever. I just feel like Lindsay and uh, Jonathan kind of got almost got the better end of the deal because they got to eat. Yeah, nutritionally. Yeah. They got not strategically or gameplay. Obviously, they got fucked on that. But nutritionally, you know, they got to eat all that rice and it just feels like it would have done their bodies better than eating, yeah. you know, cake and cookies. So. But, you know, I definitely see why he did what he did and why he took who he took. I'm glad as well, because the following scene of Lindsay and Jonathan, like conversating over rice was just so awkward. And the fact that Jonathan even admitted that (laughs) he knew that they were both lying to each other nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just who made which one more comfortable with the lie. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It made for a pretty interesting TV. I enjoyed it. Um. I do think this is a notch in Jonathan's belt as far as he had a little bit better gameplay in this situation socially, I yeah. feel, you know, he so had that's a, bit of a better read on it. Yeah. And whether that's the edit or not, but he definitely had a better read on the situation. Yeah. And then, you know, so, and then they finish eating their rice. It's, it's nothing really profound to that. Jonathan decides to lay down and about that point, the edit shows the rest of the tribe coming back in and, this is where the social game really starts taking off throughout the episode. 
Oh, um, yeah. You know, right away they get back and Mike uh, is talking to Lindsay and he already knows that she has an idol because of the amulet. Um, yeah. But finds out from Lindsay that only him and Omar know. And yeah. this is like really a game changing moment because it kind of pushes Marianne's hand in the fact that, you know, Lindsay doesn't trust her to give her this information. So it plants those seeds. Right. And especially how he did it. Yeah. It, it, and that's the thing is like, honestly, I'm at the point where like if they don't realize how good fucking Mike is at this game, they're going to lose because Mike's mm -hmm. social game is just top notch. He's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and Mike's smart enough that he realizes this information and puts it to his advantage, you know, almost immediately. I'm sure the edit is from a later time, but I feel like it, that was like kind of a boom, boom kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Mike and Jonathan are go on to discuss that they can't let Lindsay O or Omar win, uh, because she has that amulet idol and she can share it with, uh, Omar if she wins immunity and he doesn't or you know vice versa so yep. both of them are safe um mike ends up going and finding marianne and ends up having a conversation with her where he kind of you know warms her up by letting her letting her know that he really wants to work with her and he's willing to pay play his uh his his idol in the final five to earn her vote this week to kind of like justify them working together right yeah and you know he then he drops uh, that information about Lindsay having that amulet uh, idol and not telling Marianne. But he drops it in such a way that it's in conversation and he plays it as if he's under the assumption that Marianne already knows that the idol exactly. is there. Exactly. Despite the fact that he already knows from the person that she doesn't. So that immediately sows the distrust because Mike knows who isn't even in her alliance. Yep. And Marianne, who she's been with since day one, such a good doesn't move. have that. Yeah. It was uh, like such a good perfect. Move yeah. It was so well played. And and that's what I'm saying is like if somebody doesn't realize how good Mike's doing, they're going to lose no matter who's sitting next to him. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't even yep. think Jonathan can beat Mike at this point. I don't think no. Omar could beat Mike at this point with that move. He would have to make another really, really big move, in my opinion, because Mike's game's just been flawless. Um, so, and I think the way that they did, the way that Marianne discovers this and processes it is really, really great because they show that confessional she has where she goes, she realizes that she's kind of being played and looked as the mm -hmm. lowest one on that totem pole. And she goes, you know, I'm not just a a goat to be led to slaughter, basically, or to be led yeah. around. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really pivotal, pivotal, uh, pivotal point in her gameplay and where she realizes she has to make this transition to a different yeah. type of gameplay than she's currently doing. Yeah, this was her moment where she realized that up to this point, people are are taking her along because they think they can beat her and she'll mm -hmm. be an easy beat, you know? And so, Which I don't think is true at all. No. Uh, she's I got the see. social game. Like, even before tonight, she had a very strong social game mm -hmm. in that she was a wild card making it. If she makes it to final, she was a wild card up until this point. Um, as to whether or not she could have gotten enough votes to win. Right, right, yeah. 
I, I, I apologize, guys. I would not do this normally, but Laurel just wrote me back, so I'm responding real quick. That's Sorry. fair. Yeah, Does okay. she want to come on and talk Survivor? No, <laughs> but I found a track on Spotify, and I sent a screenshot. I was like, is this you on this? And she's like, yes. So I sent her a heart emoji, and I'm just saying no, I was doing some research, trying to put together Are some promo Are you being funny, stuff. or did Laurel actually, is that Laurel actually on a song? No, it's it's legit Laurel on a song called Crazy Food with oh, okay. Joe Holly. I just didn't know if you guys were being funny, haha, because no. that's a weird-ass picture. Yeah, no, 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 um, no that's real <laughs> shit. And oh, I just wow. said, is this you kind of thing? Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah, sorry guys. Um anyway, no so worries. back to back to you survivor guys, yeah, stuff. So nice. the immunity <laughs> challenge is uh basically you have to hop over these like ledges, you know, kind of like, you know, uh fuck I was like thick hurdles. Hurdles. There we go. Thank you. Okay, that's where I yeah. was getting confused because I was like, hop over ledges. Yeah, what the hell is this? But they were not speaking? hurdles because they're like <laughs> they're pretty wide. So like you literally yeah. can play in your hands and jump over. So like them. planks. They're like a side table yeah. almost. Well, I can't use planks because in the very next scene after you get over those, you have to walk up onto this bridge and then tie stair planks. I gotcha. Okay, yeah. anyway, sorry, moving on. <clears throat> and they have these stair planks that have holes in them, and the holes are all different sizes, and it kind of lines up with the next following part of the challenge, which is you have to lay down these stair planks in the right order because it's kind of like a puzzle in order to get up to the next portion of the challenge. Yeah, build the staircase to get up to the top. And they have to fit in certain spots. Once you get up to the top, it's like a ladder, but the the feet or the hand portion slides and you have to move this bag that contains uh, these two balls up that are on a, a metal ring. So it's kind of like you have to navigate off one side, slide it over, navigate that around and climb the ladder at the same time. Once you get to the top, you take the two balls out of the bag and it's a balancing board where you have to lead the balls uh, up onto a track into a hole that's cut in specifically for each ball. If you fall off to the side, you have to completely reset and go again. Um, I'm not completely. Well, reset. if you get your first ball in and the second one falls out, you don't have to completely reset. You have to reset your second well, ball. Yeah, no, I was just clarifying. You don't have to completely reset the whole thing. Just the ball portion. Yeah, that's you don't it. have to start all the way back at the beginning or anything. Yeah. Huh? No, just the maze. That, yeah, just the just the little maze board tilting. And, and, and look, <laughs> we can go through like this whole thing individually if you want to, Tony. But I think it, I, I hate to say this, but this is one of those situations where. It was really more about, you know, like who won than what it was about. Did anybody really accomplish anything great in this? It was definitely a challenge. I think it was definitely more about who won. And I don't think there was a whole lot of like crazy things that happened in between. But I do want to say I was actually really I was shocked that like because Jonathan murdered this right out the gate per norm. And then he gets up to the stair portion. And for some reason, he can't seem to line up these holes with the pegs to build the staircase. I'm like, what happened? Like, I I don't because they've done it. They did a challenge similar to this earlier in the season. It wasn't exactly like this. It was a team, but he did really well. And so I just I don't know yeah. if he just got flustered because Lindsay was right on his ass or you know what? But he really struggled with that stair portion. And I was I was shocked by that. Yeah. And this is like a this is a classic challenge too. like it shows up most seasons at some point. Mm-hmm. Um where you have to do like the staircase and everything else to get to the next level and blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, I, I was also surprised that he didn't do better, but what he did do is as he was like way behind. I think he was, he was the fourth getting up to the next level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was the second getting up to the top. 
Yeah. He passed two other people on the ball chain thing moving yeah. up the ladder. Yeah. Um, but then really it came, it was like down to a hair and it ended up that um, Lindsay just like squeaked out the win. And it was a matter of like, they both got into the exact same spot twice. Barely. And then it just like, he went too far and it went down off the end and then hers went right in. Uh, this is the second instance of Michaela also completed this challenge as well. Oh, wow. Um, and I think that was, I, I think if memory serves, that was the episode when they had like mixed all the tribes up for a vote. Oh, right, and right, right. It was either they mixed up all the tribes or the tribes had already been mixed up. And Jeff had said, like, you were clearly helping X team. Why were you helping them? And Michaela's like, well, there are people from my original tribe on this side. And he's like, well, there are people from your original tribe on that side. And he's, she said, yeah, but there's more of them than there are the other tribe. So if one of them goes home, they deserve to. Exactly. I remember that. <laughs> it's such a great season. Oh, my gosh. Um, but yeah, Lindsay, Lindsay just barely beats out Jonathan on that, on that little board tilting. And it's the, thing. It, it's the exact scenario that Jonathan and Mike did not want and, to have happen. And kind of yeah. Marianne. Yeah. It was like the worst case scenario for it because now yeah. not only is Lindsay guaranteed safety, she could very easily give Omar her her immunity idol. idol yep. yep. And they're keep him safe. Now, now what are they going to do? Their only other option is one of themselves or Romeo. Right. You know what I mean? Which it would yeah. pro- it would it would yeah I would think it would yeah. go towards Romeo. But um, I did I did really quick. I did find it funny because after you know obviously after the immunity challenge is over, they all head back to camp. Um, and I found it kind of funny that like. And no shade at all. I get why she was so stoked and stuff. And she's a fucking badass. And I will definitely give her that. But I found Lindsay's little like confessional so funny because she's like, I'm this little tiny girl and he's a man and I'm this little girl and I beat him. And I'm like, okay, but you didn't like wrestle him, honey. You beat him in tilting a a ball down a board. Like, calm down. It's okay. Like, cool. But still, you know, shouts to her. Good. She did good. And, you know, she did win. And she's actually won quite a few this season. What is this like her third? She's really. Yeah, she's really building a resume yeah. at this point. Like she already had a super strong resume. Yeah. Um, and now like she's really at this point, anyone other than Romeo and, and no necessarily not necessarily any shade to Romeo. I know it's the edit to some degree, but. Anybody other than Romeo sitting at the final, I have no idea who wins because it all comes down to the jury. It all comes down to how they speak at final tribal. Um, That's not to say that Romeo won't get a couple of votes either possibly, but I don't, I don't see a situation where Romeo necessarily wins. I can see a scenario where anybody else wins. I can now. Um, previous to this episode, I, I wouldn't have said that I could see like that I would understand Marianne, um, just because like, and and that's not to say she hasn't made any moves or anything like that or anything, but you just don't really see them. Right. So just going based off of like what I see, um, on the show, it was just, it was kind of exactly what she said, where it was like, it just felt like she was being brought along because she would be an easy one to beat not only has she irritated the hell out of everybody for the first you know two weeks that they were there 
Um, but she hasn't done a lot. So it would be easy to beat her after this episode and seeing her get this like fire lit under her ass. I definitely feel a little bit differently. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just kind of one of those things where like any of these people could win minus Romeo. I don't think anybody on the jury would (laughs) willingly vote for him over anybody else sitting next to him just because if it was eating scraps of rice competition, they would. He would, yeah. He'd definitely win that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, no, no offense to Romeo. He's just no. not he's just not making moves. Hey, this and... is trash talk, okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's also hard when you've got so many other people playing at such a high level. Yeah. Yeah. Um that and he hasn't really even had the opportunity to because he was like he was a real contender pre-merge, and then he wasn't part of the main eight. Right. Um when they hit the merge and there were only, I think 12 people total. So that really put him at a disadvantage, but despite being in not even in the minority, because there wasn't a minority Alliance, it was just people who weren't in the main Alliance. Right. He still managed to stick around um, past that point where he could no longer be considered like, getting rid of and then it's a point of i would like to sit next to this person at the final right um the only other thing that i would say about that is i don't based on the edit i would find it very surprising if Lindsay did win um because the winner last season got a very similar edit and people were very outspoken about the edit that she received because people felt like they didn't adequately see her game, despite the fact that she won. Oh, gotcha. Um, so the fact that Lindsay wasn't necessarily that prevalent in the first part of the season um, has made a lot of, like has made a lot of people question whether or not she would actually win. Right. Um, but I can see people trying to get her out just as much as trying to get Jonathan out or Mike out next vote yeah so and that's the thing yeah is either one of those three to go be the next to go would be a plus for everybody else in the game at this point yeah i mean honestly like up until this point of where we're at in the recap like if i'm on that island with them i want to go to the final with marianne and romeo and nobody else yeah especially if you're like mike or Lindsay. no no matter who you are that's who you want to go with is marianne and romeo and your final three and probably want to sit next to Romeo in the final two. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it makes the most sense. But, you know, so after um, the immunity idol challenge, uh, Lindsay obviously wins. They get back to camp. Um, Lindsay and Omar are, are just pushing the, the same narrative, the same idea, which is we're going to have Jonathan vote Mike, but Mike's on board with us. We're all going to vote Jonathan out. That's yeah. that's what it is. And they're pretty much yep. under the understanding that they have the complete backing of Romeo, Marianne, and Mike's vote to get Jonathan out. Um, yes. So what they don't know is, you know, Mike planting those seeds with Marianne and Marianne, given some time to think about this and seeing the situation for what it is, yep. has come up with an idea. Um, and Mike's kind of freaking out. He's thinking, okay, we can't go after Omar or Lindsay now because of the, you know, the idol and them winning immunity or Lindsay winning immunity. Um, so he's thinking, let's just me, you and Jonathan and your two votes vote Romeo. It's a guarantee. We all live to see another day. Uh, Marianne's looking to go for the gusto because she understands the situation that 
that everybody's in because of Omar's move. You can't just do that, right? Because then he pretty yeah. much wins the game at that point. And she just and the thing go ahead. too. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, I was just going to say the other thing too is Lindsay and Omar have had the conversation about her idol yep. uh, because she can easily play her amulet idol for him tonight, the last night that it can be used because she's already safe with the immunity idol. However, she's hesitant to do it because then the idol goes back into circulation and they don't want to have to try to deal with that. Yeah. The thing, and in theory, that makes a lot of sense because when an idol gets played, it goes back into circulation. That's basically how it works. But doesn't it go out at final five anyway? It does go to final five, but next week would be final five. So technically, in theory, if there is still an idol out there, it could be found and it could be played next tribal. Yeah. However, this isn't a hidden immunity idol. This is an amulet that's been upgraded several times to become an idol. Yes. So. I don't believe that it would actually go back into circulation. I feel it would be the equivalent of an extra vote or the nullifier if played or anything else where it's used and it's expended. Right. And that was my question. And my kind of view on it is, too, is that quick of a turnaround, the way they've only got two days, three days left, and then they're out. The odds that you're going to find it in that 24 hour turnaround to the next the next immunity challenge Espe- or, or next uh, tribal is yeah. slim to none. Well, and especially in such like you're at such small numbers now and that it doesn't matter. Like one, you're not going to be able to just go off and look for it by yourself without drawing too much attention to yourself. And number two, if you go off with somebody else, you're down to the final five. There is nobody that you can really truly trust a hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like you're playing for a million dollars. So like, yeah, I didn't understand that either. And I kind of thought myself, I was like, would that actually go back into circulation though? Like amulet? No idol. Yes. Um, so I agree with you, Rick, like it would be very hard to find an idol that quick within that time frame. Yeah. However, um, Ben Driebergen, who, um, was on heroes versus healers versus hustlers, told us, he went on an yeah. idol run. So yeah. So he played it at tribal, went back to camp and found it. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Same night. That's okay. crazy. Yeah. I mean, and, and not to say it's impossible. Just well, and didn't no. it happen? It happened this season. It happened to Mar- uh Didn't it happen to Marianne or something like that? Or who? Because she used it and then yeah, she went walking. Um, and I know that Drea was looking for it and she walked right past it. And then Mary, I think it was Marianne that came and found it, didn't she? Well, yeah. Lindsay touched it and just didn't realize because she mm-hmm. went to the yeah. of that tree and she actually touched it, but just didn't acknowledge what it was. And then because Marianne and Drea played their idols and then they would have gone back into circulation. So technically in theory, there should be one other one out there somewhere. Right. Um, because if Drea's also went back into circulation, only one was found. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. So, and this is, <clears throat> this is the part of the game that I've really come to enjoy the most of survivor um, is this scheming for lack of a better word um you know that happens right before tribal and so mike like i said thinks that Lindsay's going to use her idol on omar to save him um and so he just wants to vote romeo take the safe vote where uh like i said earlier marianne wants to kind of go for the gusto and make a big move and she's saying she's pitching the idea um to mike and jonathan saying how about you two vote Romeo. Omer and Lindsay are going to vote Jonathan. 
and then my two votes and Romeo's vote goes to Omar. At that point, she was she wasn't even she hadn't even got to that point yet. At that point, it was just flat out. We need to vote for Omer. Yeah, at the watering hole. I was thinking about the yeah. point where they're sitting down back at kind of like camp or whatever. But yeah, yeah. you're absolutely <laughs> right. Back to them because they didn't want to do it because they're yeah. boneheads. Yeah. They really are like because it, it, it was a brilliant plan. I mean, they it, were just yeah. scared and they were playing scared. But it's like, dude, you're at the end of the game. You can't play safe anymore like that. And they didn't even have to do all this. I mean, like it was a really cool way of doing it, but they could have just voted five to two Omer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, I know they wanted to do it for show and stuff. And I think they were trying to prepare for in case Lindsay did use the um, the Wait. idol on Omer. Then they would have enough votes to ensure that Romeo was the next one. Yeah, because if it went of, to a tie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Um, so uh, and that's I mean, from the most part, from what I'm recalling, that's pretty much all of the conversation that we really kind of get before they go into tribal is this the real big buildup. Because mm-hmm. from I believe that scene where they're sitting there at camp talking, Marianne, Jonathan and Mike. The next scene is them walking with their torches up the beach to go to tribal. Yeah, because her confessional, she's like, I don't, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. And if they don't do what I told them to do, then my whole plan could blow up. You know, and well, that's the thing is she had to adapt the entire plan to try to, like, suit these two. Because yeah, exactly. they wouldn't go with the plan and she needed the plan done and she needed them at that point. So really, the way that she ended up turning it around was basically saying, fine. You two vote for the person that you want to vote for. We're going to do the other thing. And because you voted for the person that you want to vote for, it will work. And you know what? I'm going to give credit to Romeo on this because Romeo's smart enough to go along with Marianne mm-hmm. on this. Yeah. You know what? It, because he could have done a fool's errand and, and worked with Omar and Lindsay. But, yeah. you know, he was smart enough to know that, hey, this is going to be a big move and that I can help out on this and it'll add a little bit to my resume as well right. so it's I, also I get, one of the first time <laughs> sorry go ahead no no it's like credit where credit's due but go ahead i was just gonna say it's also one of the first times that romeo has actually voted for the person who left oh yeah that's true, <laughs> that's, true. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> that's funny um so they start heading to tribal and uh it, if weather was ever a sign of how the tribal council was gonna go this was it i mean uh, they show up and it literally starts pouring and they pan over to uh, the jury and I'm going to I'm going to fangirl out a little bit. And they show Drea She's with stunning. the water on her face and, and her in the red and her hair all up in that. Oh, my God. Like she was like, gorgeous. Gorgeous. Absolutely. She had the flower. Stunning. I think it was a flower that was up in her hair, too. Like, oh, yeah, she's a beautiful woman. Yeah, absolutely. So I just had to I had to I had to stopping gawk for a second on that <laughs> um but they get to tribal uh you know jeff goes through his pretty standard questions about how you're feeling and once again yeah. it's it's that survivor survivor confidence you know what i mean like i'm confident in where i'm at and and it's one of those things that you know it tends to be misplaced mm-hmm. so you know yeah. what i mean tony you want to go ahead and run through if there's anything on here before we uh before we get into the vote. Yeah. Uh, basically like Omer, Omer had, cause basically um, I think it was Romeo and I want to say Lindsay had both sort of given non answers about how it's about who you have a strong bond with and who you want to go to the end with versus yeah. who is not in your alliance and who you get rid of. Right. And Omer flat out said like, that's not the case. 
um, the people that are on the jury may have been trustworthy allies, but people that you don't want to go with the end, to the end with. And that's why they're sitting over there, which total jury management, because you're not saying that you didn't, these people didn't play well. You're saying, no, these people played too well and we needed to get them out before we got to the end because the oh, end, yeah. that's a way to like skirt away from a bitter jury. Um, Oh yeah, no, that was that was a good that was a good comment to drop on them for sure. Yeah, and Marianne pointed out that it's the last night for the shot in the dark as well, and because Jeff was talking about clean sweeps, and um, Jonathan had said basically if nobody lies and everybody everything's hunky dory, then it's the first time in Survivor history that that's happened. Yeah, um, and Marianne sort of added to that and said like with the shot in the darks, it's impossible to do a clean sweep now yeah. because you always have to factor that in, and. Some advantages can only be used for this vote. Some advantages can only be used at the final five. So that's something that you have to take into consideration as well, because it's not even a matter that somebody might want to use an idol at this point in the game. It's a matter of this is the last time that you can use that idol or that advantage. So it doesn't make sense to go home with it in your pocket. You might as well play it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And that's that's why Drea dumped all her shit last episode because she just yeah. was throwing, you know, everything she could. Um, but really quick before we move on, I just want to touch on because you touched on what Lindsay and Romeo and Omer said. Um, I personally resonated a little bit more with Marianne's response to that whole situation where she was like, it honestly depends on where you are in the tribe. Oh, you yeah. know, if you yeah. were at the bottom of the tribe then you haven't been playing for the end game this whole time. You've been just trying to get to the next immunity challenger, the next tribal and get through that. Right. And then now you're like, okay, I'm here. Who do I want to, who could I potentially sit next to and when? And that, but yeah. if you were at the, you know, uh, top part of the tribe, then yeah, you probably have been playing for the end game the whole time. So I think that Marianne kind of had a bigger um, or a better overall grasp of what was happening over the entirety of the tribe and of the show because there are different levels to it yeah yeah no agreed um <clears throat> so at this point they uh they get up to go do the vote and as the votes completed obviously jeff comes back and starts reading off and if i remember correctly the first vote was for jonathan yep um, the second vote was for Romeo, if I remember. Yeah, the yeah, first... tied it up two and two. Yeah, yeah it went it Romeo, Jonathan, Jonathan Romeo, Romeo, Jonathan, Jonathan Romeo. two. Yeah, so it was two, two. And then Omar's name popped up. Yep. And he kind of looked around for a second, and then Omar's name popped up again. And he looks down at Marianne, and he It goes, was when Jeff reached in to pull another vote out, and he knew that there was an extra vote in there. Yeah, he was and, like... Yeah, and he goes, you did it. And she replies, I did, with a big smile. <laughs> and Omar says he was survivor confident, you know? And, uh, yeah. you know, so obviously the third vote was Marianne's extra vote for Omar. Uh, blindsided him, voted him out. He didn't get the... He says... Wow, good job, guys. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it wasn't as a big of a is a big of a reply in uh outburst as it was with Drea last week, but I thought that really small interaction where he was smart enough to figure out right away when they reached for that next vote that it was Marianne and he knew what she did. Well, he knew she had an extra vote. But but it yeah. was just the acknowledgement of it yeah. and him tip of the hat like that was fucking good. And I I really yeah. appreciated that. You know what I really loved about that moment even more than that? Hmm. 
is after Omer's name was read a second time, the camera flashes over to the jury and you see their reaction Tories, because they yeah. know. And that I was like, oh, my God, like they all knew. And it was just it was such a good it was such a good tribal. Oh, my God. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, also the the third Michaela reference of the episode. Um, Do it. This happened with Michaela and Jay when Jay realized that Michaela was playing leaps and bounds ahead of him. Yeah. Um, as far as like strategic gameplay. Yeah. And he blindsided her and the name started coming up and her name started coming up and she turned around and she said, did you do this? And he said, yeah, I did. Yeah. Now, except did she did not take it. Not well, take it well. Yeah. She was pissed. <laughs> she was like livid. But oh my gosh. She was so mad. That was, it was like that, that moment. And a lot of people in like the survivor fandom are kind of connecting these two of that moment of like, did you do this? And just the, yeah, I did. I, did. I think, I think that's what's even drawn me more. So is not necessarily the fact of the blind side and the, you know, the it's double the triple moves. It's the mutual the respect yeah. of, yeah, damn, you played a really good move. Like, and damn, I can, you got me, you got me like, and yeah. you don't see that. Like in reality, like on the challenge, it's like, oh, fuck y'all, blah, 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 you know, kind of thing. And then big brother, it's the same thing. Oh, I'm going to walk on the coffee table and just storm out. Like, like people here are like, that was, that they was respect fucking smooth. The game. Yeah. And that's the yeah. thing I is love that. It. They respect the game, and that's one thing that I'm really coming to love about Survivor. Because, like you said, you don't yeah. see that in the other shows. Exactly. And the other shows that's very much... Go ahead. Nope, go ahead. I, I, I was, I was just going to say, it's it's very... Like in, the, you know, like in the challenge and stuff, it's very much, you know, about yourself. Which I, I understand Survivor is as well, but there's still that mutual respect between the people who play the game. And again, you know, we kind of talked about this last week where... You know, Survivor has been played the kind of same way, same-ish way for so long that there's these certain precedents that are just kind of preset in stone, right? Like alliances are are very fluid in Survivor, and that's something you need to expect. And you know, I think that it's it's just it's 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 a really cool it's another really cool addition that kind of sets Survivor apart. Is that again? That's another kind of. You know, I don't want to say a precedent because obviously not everybody walks off with mutual respect, but it just feels like it happens a lot more in Survivor than it does in any of the other shows. Yeah, no, no great. Go ahead, Tony. Well, the other the other thing, too, is like the challenge you have returning players. Yeah, like all the time you don't get a fan season, whereas Survivor, these are all like for the most part, especially now, like season 41, season 42. These are super fans. Yeah. These are people who know the game inside and out and yep. are play, are able to play at a higher level because they know all the mechanics of the game and they're able to like adapt quickly to their surroundings and they know enough of like how the game is played to really thrive. Whereas the challenge changes its format every season. So you get returning players who know how to play the game at its core, but they have to adapt to an entirely new gameplay every season. Yeah. So yeah, there's sort of that duality there. It agreed. I think the closest to it is probably Big Brother. Um, not in the beginning. It's usually when they get down to about the final ten. 
And about yeah. seven of those people are like actually really big fans and really know the mechanics and how they're going to play out the game. And they see three moves ahead kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's when you get the really exciting gameplay of, okay, what's going to happen? Um, you know, it's the closest thing that I think there is on reality TV. Um, but it, it did get me really excited to see how these next couple episodes are going to play out or maybe next episode. I don't, I think we have two next more. Episode. No, we have one more. Next one more final. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm assuming it's going to be a two hour at, yeah. at minimum, but I'm excited to see how it's going to play out because honestly, we're, we're down to the final five and four out of the five, in my opinion, could win this game pretty easily. Yeah. yeah. And, and like you said, there's a good argument for every single one of them. Um, and, and, you know, if we would have talked about this, uh, you know, before Marianne pulled this, I would have said, you know, three out of the five had a good chance. But after this move, she's definitely uh, etched her name on there. Yeah. yeah, she's definitely a contender for it. So, uh, it, like like I said to Tony in, in chat the other day, this might be the two best episodes of back-to-back or best back-to-back episodes of reality TV I've ever seen. Um, what they've done with these last two on Survivor is phenomenal and we would i would feel in, increasingly lucky and amazing if we could get the same thing out of the challenge you know here coming up soon yeah i mean i think that's a bit extreme personally but i see what you're trying to no say. i'm not saying like the exact same thing just like i would love no to i'm see... just saying like saying that these are the best back-to-back episodes of any reality show in history that's competitive a, that's, yes in that's my opinion a bit, that's a bit much in my opinion i think the way they were played was it was phenomenal and i think you would be hard pressed to find two episodes of any season that are better i disagree but that's just me okay well then there we go um can't always win them all you know what i mean i'm just saying like <laughs> that's just that's a really big and I'm not nothing against these last two episodes. They were fucking phenomenal. Well, here. But I'm just saying that's a really big statement to claim against every like you're talking Big Brother. Mm-hmm. You're talking the challenge. You're talking every fucking reality competition show of all the amazing challenge seasons we have all the fucking incredibly what the F Big Brother seasons and episodes we have. Well, out of and 40, you're saying that these two episodes are the best to ever come out back to back in history. And I disagree because I could pull two really incredible episodes right out of Rivals, too. Well, I'm just saying in Survivor, <laughs> Tony, saying, could little... you could you name two better you episodes back to back? Say just in Survivor. I'm not I'm not saying that. OK, I'm just asking Tony about Survivor. Okay. I would say that as the season as a whole has some of the best gameplay that I have seen in like multiple seasons, um, including winners at war, which is an all winners season. Um, There may be other, there may be other like back-to-back episodes that would be not necessarily like as good. Cause again, like this gameplay, because they're people who know the game inside and out, they're able to play it at a much different level than people who are learning the game as they go. Um, I would say that it's probably like top five for sure. I don't know. I can't think of anything that necessarily beats it off the top of my head, but there have been some seasons that have basically been like balls to the wall the entire season. Mm-hmm. So like 35 would like, with, with Jay and Michaela, like there was a few, quite a few tribals in a row where I was just like, holy shit, what happened? 
And that's why I think it's not fair for you to say that because you haven't seen every challenge season, nor every survivor season, nor every BB season. So it's not even really fair for you to say that. It's (laughs) not, it's not just, you had had said that these were the best two back-to-back episodes of reality TV that you've seen that I've seen. Yes. In my opinion, they are the two best I've ever seen. And it's not just because of the backstabs or it's balls to the wall with Jay and Michaela. It's it's everything. It's the mutual respect among players because of the moves that are being played. And these moves are big fucking moves. And that, to me, puts it at another level. And And that's my opinion. Yeah. And we just have very different opinions of what's entertaining, because I think the actual episodes um, have been pretty like the last two episodes have been pretty predictable the tribals and the how they close them out and how the two last two survivor cast members have left it, absolutely impeccable it's nothing i've ever seen on reality tv before but, but what happens actual, but, but what the, happens during the episode is what leads to what happens in tribal so you can't have one without the other you I'm, know what but, i mean because without the conversation i don't, don't want to fight with you for vote. 20 minutes again this time we just we don't agree <laughs> okay. i highly disagree with you and and, well, and Tony halfway disagrees with you. So, but he also halfway agrees with me. So there's okay, that. Whatever. I'm right in the middle. So <laughs> Switzerland. Here's where we can probably all agree. Single MVP of the episode. Marianne, not even fucking close. Yeah, I, I mean, I yeah. have to give it to her. I, I'm not a fan of her. I don't really like her very much, but I have to give it to her. Where's I can't. She? I can't justify giving it to anybody else. I mean, maybe Lindsay because she fucking did, she did really good, but. She didn't play the idol for her ride or die. Yeah. yeah. Well, and yeah. And I mean, that that was kind of fucked up, but I don't I, think she really felt like he was in trouble. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you kind of have to give it to Marianne. To me, it's different than challenge because challenge. It's more about like who did the best for the most part, who did the best physically. Right. Like that plays yeah. such a large role on the decision making because you can play a great social game. But if you shit the bed in the, the actual competitive portion you're probably going in and losing um but to me the person who had their the biggest fingerprint on this game was marianne and so for that reason i give her the mvp i think i think the only thing that i would disagree with you on with that is that if you really break this down this was not marianne's idea this was mike's idea and marianne wasn't even quite for it at first until she realized that she was on the outs with Lindsay. And then all of a sudden was like, hey, let me take Mike's little idea and amplify it and kind of turn it into my own and make this happen, which she made it happen because she had to go around and freaking round people up and get them to finally agree with her. But it wasn't her original idea that, hey, Omer's going to win. We need to get him out now. That was Mike that originally proposed that idea. So that's my only argument with that. But I do agree with you guys. She definitely deserves the MVP for this episode. Um, You know, going around, making it happen, following through, you know, using that extra vote to make sure it happened. Like, she definitely deserves the MVP for that. Yeah. You know what? If Mike wouldn't have gotten cold feet at the end and only wanted to vote Romeo, I probably would have had a different view on this. But because she had to push and sell it so hard, like you were saying... I agree. Yeah, it's it's yeah. her episode. By the time if it was he, Marianne's, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, by the time it was Marianne's idea, it was no longer Mike's idea. Mike wanted nothing to do with it, so she had to reconvince him of his own idea. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's not to say that she hasn't thought about getting rid of Omer somewhere else down the line, because we're seeing 
42 minutes of three days of footage every episode. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Or however much we're seeing. Yeah. yeah. So. But no, it was, it was a good episode of Survivor. I'm definitely excited for the finale next week. Um, I know it's kind of weird that we just like picked up on episode 10 and we're only going to have three recaps of Survivor. But hey, it was good practice for us. Get our feet wet. We're, yep. Yeah, we're getting our feet wet, getting in the groove of things. I, I'll be 100% honest. I'm still slightly i still feel slightly i don't want to say uncomfortable but like it's just different recapping survivor than it is recapping the challenge and i think it's just going to take us some time to kind of get used to that especially rick and i because we're such new survivor fans but i'm really enjoying it i feel in the groove i'm not gonna lie i i don't i stumble i stumble over my words more in survivor i i feel less confident in my opinion so if you guys can hear that through my voice I apologize. I am less con- con- like confident in my opinions because I'm such a new fan. I don't know everything. So it's like, I don't know, <laughs> but That's I really for the love challenge, it. So. You see, so you know what I mean? Like you're you're you have your opinion, but you're like, OK, but is this really right? Because I don't know everything. So that's why know. I'm the stats and info guy is because I have to personally vet every decision that I think I have. <laughs> Look, I'm going to I'm going to be all, uh, completely honest about this. Um, I'm 100% confident in my ability to talk about it. And just like I'm 100% confident, best back-to-back episodes of reality TV history. Yeah. So, um, you know what, guys? It's We've been recapping Survivor for a little bit, and I'm sure some of our listeners are really missing Joshua Chambers. So I don't want to keep them waiting for his gorgeous, sultry voice any longer. Why don't we go ahead and start breaking down All-Stars 3 with him? What do you guys say? I am down. All let's right, get well, it done. Yep. So, um, yeah, let's let's do this. All right. Well, so for those of you who are just listening to us for Survivor, uh, you could turn us off now, but I doubt that's any of you seeing that this is our <laughs> second recap on it. Um, <laughs> with that being said, we got one more to go um, before the Survivor season's over. So uh, tune in next week to hear us re uh, recap that final episode. Uh, but without any further ado... Um, we're going to go ahead and hop into the All-Stars 3 portion. Ha, but before we get to that, listen to this quick ad by me and Karina. Or wait, is it just me? It's just you. Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. You got to hear my voice more. Listen to this ad. Love you. All right, guys, let's get into the Branch House of Horrors, uh, episode three. Um, so to start off, we got the intro happening, and it starts off, if I remember correctly, with uh, Kellyanne and Kendall working in their doing yoga some, poses. Doing some yogas. And before have, that. Oh. Oh, was there a before that? There's something in the water. Oh. Did you guys not have that? There's we, something in the water. Brad, in the pool. Oh, when he was doing the the if you missed it last time or whatever. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, when he pops up with there's something in the water in All Stars and then Nehemiah jumps up behind him and pushes him back under. Okay. I did I forgot to notate that that. down, but um I do remember seeing that on the first time, but I think I missed it on my second watch through, so I apologize. I'm gonna be completely upfront with all our with all our listeners. (laughs) Um I don't ever listen watch the first two minutes because I'm in the kitchen like grabbing shit to go sit down and (laughs) eat snacks and be fat while I'm watching athletic people do athletic shit yeah and judge them and talking about how easy it would be like oh i could could do that definitely do that yeah i watched against my kids all day yeah Yeah. (laughs) like running to that brick wall would have killed me just to look through it (laughs) nothing else how am i supposed to do a puzzle when i'm fucking dead (laughs) 
<laughs> and just call would... all of your tiles back to TJ and hope that yeah. he puts them on your board. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> B7 miss. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Well, then the first part I saw was Kellyanne and Kendall doing yoga together, which if you have not seen, they actually have a page um, where they are kind of working on some different photos. I know that they want to start a like a a yoga studio. Yeah. Between the two. Like a a business together. Yeah. They talk about how that's kind of like their goal. Well, uh, Kendall does. Kendall talks about how that's kind of her goal um, is to, you know, invest in the business that they have together, get the studio and stuff like that. But. We'll go ahead and we'll link their uh, a link to their page that they have together down and below for anybody who's, you know, into the yoga stuff and wants to keep up with them on that. We'll link that below. But, yeah, it's it's actually a cool little page. I looked through it and it's it's pretty cool. They they're like next level yoga, though. Like I'm like, oh, I do yoga. But then I look at them and I'm like, I don't fucking do yoga. <laughs> I do the child's pose. <laughs> Dude, That's about it. When that invite came out to do yoga with Kindle, I'm like. <laughs> okay, that's super freaking cool. And now I'm seeing all the videos and saw her Instagram and now seeing this again. I'm like, that's never going to happen. I'm going to die. That pose that she did on that opening shot when uh, Kellyanne yeah. was doing those little sliders on the floor. But Kendall was like holding her entire weight like up on her legs with her or up on her arms with her legs like cro- one of her legs crossed across her body and the other one stuck straight out and like lifting herself with nothing but her like her arms like that was and uh, look i'm gonna be honest that's a little bit of foreshadowing to show even though kendall's a smaller gal more petite and really slender um she is strong strong. as shit strong as shit um i i've never understood why people said strong as shit because i've never known shit to be strong sometimes it is i mean it's got a strong scent you know but you know, she's definitely a lot stronger than her weight class suggests she yeah. would be. Yeah. Um, also, if you guys have not seen, we interviewed Kendall a while back during All Stars 2, and she actually gave me like a bunch of different photos to choose from for like different yoga poses because we were going to try to find one that worked with like the artwork really well in her. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just like a hobby for them. They're like really passionate about. It, so it's cool yeah. to see. Yeah. No, um, it's cool. From there, we kind of dive into uh, uh, the what is being called the Treehouse Room Alliance. Yeah, what the f? Which, like, that's as good as Alliance name as the Big Brother ones that they fucking come what? up with, Why or the Lavender house? Ladies. Probably because it's the highest room in the house. The bomb squad. I get because at first, like, when they because okay, I'll be honest, like, I didn't really pay too much attention to the layout of and the structure of the house in the first episode well they don't really give us and they don't really they don't really show much of it like they used to do these overhead shots of the house that the that the challengers are staying in and stuff and you don't really get those kinds of shots very much anymore especially in the opening uh episode but when they were like oh the treehouse room alliance i was like yo this house has a fucking treehouse in it like that's sick i thought it was legit like a treehouse and they got the you know, room out in the, I was like, and then when I found out it was just what they decided to call their room, I was like, okay, that really took away all the fun for me. (laughs) Right. Like the lavenders ladies, because their room was lavender. Yeah. So like, where did treehouse come from? Like, I don't know. It's weird. 
Be the color of Josh's Lavender. Room. Yeah. yeah. Just saying. Josh is repping lavender ladies tonight. Holla. <laughs> no, but anyway, so the treehouse room lines uh, consists of Kayla, Sylvia, Jemmy, Veronica, Tina, Ronnie, and Derek K. Surprisingly, <laughs> like he just fucking fell into the shit because that's the room he's in. <laughs> Um, which I'm surprised he chose that room. Um, that seems like a lot in that room. No offense to any of those ladies, but it's a lot. Like Tina's a whole mood unto herself, and then you're putting all those other personalities in there. Uh, Veronica but, too. Like, but Derek Kay seems to be fitting in well and fell into this treehouse alliance. Yeah. Um, it was funny too because like when I wrote it down, I wrote down all the names, and I ended with and Derek lives there too. <laughs> hey, they they include him in their eight, and I yep. think obviously probably just for numbers' sake, because obviously they want as many numbers as they can get, and it's always nice to have a strong guy, you know, who's who's experienced in the game on your side. But it's just such an odd pairing for me because I'm like, it it it, it had to have been like the last bed left or something like that. Like Derek had no other option, kind of thing. Or he was the first one, then all those girls filled in, and then they all filled in. I yeah, I think, but. They said that uh, Tina and Veronica had the room first and Veronica saved a spot for Jemmy, I think. I read that on Twitter and then I don't know how the rest of it fell down. Probably just because Kayla and Sylvia and Jemmy are all like from the same era. Right. So they probably all bunked up. Well, and here's my thing with Derek Kay. Like if push comes to shove, like with Darrell or fucking Mark Long or the Treehouse Alliance, which one do you think he's really siding with? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, he's it's, not dumb. And same with like Ronnie, like Ronnie doesn't know hardly any of these people. Like she's not like really bound to the Treehouse Alliance. In yeah. my I opinion. think Cynthia was in that room, too, though, because when um, when they when they first told Tina that she was going in against Cynthia, she looked right Cynthia over was on the, the bump, like, the bunk, like right there inside the door, like yeah. right on the right hand side. So I think that Ronnie and Cynthia were probably bunking together, too. And then that just didn't work yeah. out yeah yeah and so they're all sitting there when as we're learning about this alliance and they are kind of talking about their plans on who they're going to go after and and obviously the only people they're targeting is kellyanne and kendall because they view them as you know the the two strongest females in the house which you know in my opinion for really good reason hey i respect yeah. that they at least owned it you know they're not like trying to be like blah 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 like they just straight up said like these are the strongest girls in the house and we don't want to go against you sorry which <laughs> So I respect that. Like, I don't know if it's like a respect thing with John A, but to me, like seeing that she's the rating champ, I would think she would be the strongest woman in the house. You but would think so. And I feel like they don't want to go up against her, though. Like, I feel like Kellyanne and Kendall are the strongest other women in the house. Not that they would conceivably, yeah, conceivably go against. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I guess, you know, I maybe it's like the CT thing just kind of. Yeah going back to what i was saying last week she's mm-hmm. playing the ct game yeah very um, true <laughs> my my personal favorite part of this and maybe it's because i'm a guy or i'm a dad i don't know maybe everybody loves this kind of humor but right in the middle of oh, all this God. conversation Derek just rips the loudest fucking fart <laughs> and it was it was like one of those farts you get on the recordings it was just perfect <laughs> yeah i would try to imitate it but i would do it no justice so no i don't want to do that um yeah i wonder if he held one of those in front of tj I know well, I my my thought was when it happened, like given the fact that the girls all laughed, 
I felt like somewhere wherever TJ was, he just like <laughs> laughed to himself and wasn't quite sure why. It's like it's, it's like Peggy Bundy from uh, Married with Children, like with her couch. She's like, my butt was tingling. Is something wrong with my couch? Like the couch is on fucking fire. <laughs> TJ's like, someone farted. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Another thing that I noticed about that moment, though, that I thought was kind of a little bit odd or OK, maybe not odd, but I'm just I guess I'm just it's just new for me. So I'm like, I don't really know how to take it. But it seems like this it, just this season with all stars in all three episodes, I've seen someone on the cast have direct eye contact with the camera. And Jemmy did <clears> it in that moment after Derek farted and we had the one in episode two and also the one in episode one i don't remember exactly what they were but we talked about them on our last recap and i'm like okay i don't know if this is like production's way of like opening the cast more to the fact that you know i don't i kind of breaking that wall between like the cast and the fans watching um yeah. i'm not sure how i feel about it yet like I, i'm not sure i'm not sure it just feels weird to me like when they I look liked, at the camera i liked wes's last like last episode when yeah. Tina came in hot at John A yeah. and Wes just looked at the camera and was like, kind of made the, made the, the eyes of this could get interesting. Um, with Jemmy, I almost feel like she may have like accidentally spiked the camera when yeah. she was looking over that direction. But I know, like, I know exactly what you mean. Um, I also thought it was weird that they have, um, they have their phones or at least get their phones for periods of time because they were taking photos like last week when I the guys that. were all like there. But then there was in the first two episodes, for sure, there were separate instances where they had their devices. And I thought it was fairly strange. Yeah. Um, and then I, I don't know. I don't know if I noticed anything this episode per se, but right. for sure, because I, I, I meant to bring it up last time that we were doing the recap and then there was just so much other stuff to recap. I was like, I'll just bring it up next time. Did you happen to notice if multiple people had it? Cause I, I just, yeah. it was multiple yeah. people who had their mm -hmm. a device. Okay. Cause I just, I, the, I noticed it like once or twice in, in different scenes. And I didn't know if maybe it was like, like a house. A one kind of, cause one. they, they used to do it that back in the, you know, in the older challenges and stuff, they would have like a communal like cell phone or two, the, Oh, TJ hit me on the T-Mobile sidekick. Right. And it was there yeah. so they could like take pictures on set and stuff, but it didn't have any internet access or anything like that. So it made me wonder if this phone on this season was like that, but if multiple people had the devices at the same time, then maybe they do have their own. And it would, I, I don't know. It would make sense with them being all parents for the most part. I guess. Yeah, like, yeah. But then, but the same, at the same time and like not to jump too far ahead, but when Jemmy had her like phone call or whatever in this episode, she had said that her mom had reached out to get her to contact her. Right. So she wouldn't have necessarily had a device to just be contacted by her mom. Text so it or anything. Yeah. There, yeah. There might be like, there could be like a couple communal phones. And maybe it's that. Like, yeah. yeah. Or, or they're like, their phones are on set and like, you know, hey, this day you're off day. Like yeah. you might just get B roll or something, but you're allowed to use your phones. Just 
no going online. You can call home or no talk social your, media. Yeah, no, no social media. No, and, and that would make sense to me. I mean, yeah, you can easily set that on it like an in-house Wi-Fi as far as like a firewall to social media. It's not hard to do. Yeah. So I, I could see them having I'd probably see them doing communal phones before I see them. Not during COVID. They won't doing. Uh, I guess they wouldn't have done it during COVID, especially when this was filmed, because this was before all the masks mandates here in america were lifted off and that's fair yeah i don't know um but either way yeah i did notice that there were phones on not just on set but like on screen like with the cast so that was a little odd too um but you know i'm i'm not like against it or anything so you know what i noticed was or what i just kind of found funny was Mm -hmm. the fact that like Wes and Josh's boy Nehemiah like <laughs> are actively like trying to pretend they're oh, not they, fucking best friends in real know. life. They know what it and is. And it's not and like all these people don't know this for a fact. Thank you. That's my thing. Like how are you going to be like oh we're not going to talk to each other because we don't want to you know paint a target on dude everybody and their mother and their mother's mother knows that you guys are best friends. It'd be like, like it, didn't you just help him move into a house? Didn't you just have him help you with your Patreon a year ago? Didn't you just miss season? Come on. Yeah, exactly. It's just freaking. I'm like, okay. It, it'd be like if Kara and Polly were on a season together and they're like, we're going to pretend <laughs> we're not working together. Like, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, sure, everybody, bro. Everybody really believes that. <laughs> yeah. Like, get the fuck out of here. But I, um, I mean, it's well, I get the gameplay, but it's like, come on, we everybody knows. Well, it's funny because you have like Wes and Nehemiah on that side of it, right, where they're like trying to keep their friendship under wraps and, you know, out of the view of the rest of the house. And then on the other side of it, you have like MJ and John A who are like, I'm just not even going to hide it. Like it, people know that we're going to work together and um, we're not even going to try to hide it. And in fact... We're going to try to freaking put together an alliance with Wes. I'm sorry. No, a, a soft alliance, according soft. to MJ. I'm like, bro, yeah. <laughs> Wes doesn't do soft alliances. Okay. Like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> it, is oh, it just God. me or is like John A the only one that's like done her research on these people? Like I'm, she told him too. Yeah. She's like, dude. And that's the thing. Like we were talking about earlier. We were just kind of talking about Wes. And it's like, dude, Wes is game style is like burn the fucking forest down that's his gameplay oh when we were talking about his wife yeah yeah like because there's like a rumor like his wife is his ride or die i was like dude he she doesn't want to go in there with Wes. well no it was is she did an ama on her on her page one day and someone had asked like would you ever do the challenge with wes she did a a sarcastic reply and did a picture of her and Wes and pasted a picture of Kyle's face over it and said like, (laughs) I'm working for this partnership and then tagged at Kyle, um, you know, or whatever. And then, (laughs) and then Kyle reshared it and was like a match made in heaven or something like that. It was really funny, but we were talking about that. And I was like, dude, what if like, what if they did? I don't really think that Wes is coming on 38 because he's got so much going on right now um, with filming his own show. So I highly, highly, yeah, I highly, highly doubt we're going to see Wes for 38, but just like hypothetically, you know, and that's what we were talking about. And he was like, dude, Wes's wife does not want to come on the show with him. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude, like, like Wes is a scorched earth kind of gameplay. Like, you know, I can relate it to like a big brother, like Dr. Will, that kind of thing. But it's there's there's no friendships left at the end of that kind of gameplay. No, you know, and that's no. why Wes has a plethora of rivalries to always choose from. 
he will make friends or make amends or do nothing in the off season. But when he's in the house, anything is off. fair game. Yep, exactly. Right. And Wes is done, everything looks like King's Landing. Bingo. Yes, good wow. reference. And well played, sir. Well played. <laughs> the wall salutes you. Um I mean, and we kinda we kinda see that play out in the it's, it's funny that we're talking about Wes and his his schemy, manipulative gameplay. Um, you know, and we get to kind of sit down with him and yes and talk about this in the next scene um because yes decides that he's going to have he's going to try to have a little a little powwow with west coffee date a coffee date <laughs> josh you're the you're the og expert what's going on here so we get the architect and this <laughs> and the self-named genius in a little you know on impromptu date yeah. That it starts was... off with a bang. Dude. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's like, let's just get down to business. What, what are we going to do with this sabotage? So well, I'm going to say, can I spill some of the sauce real quick, though? Sure. Maybe it'll unconfuse me because I'm yeah. super confused about so this moment. We talked to Yes a couple days ago, and he says during that, there was a lot that was not, uh, aired. not aired, obviously. He said it was actually like an hour long conversation. But he said the majority of it went exactly how it looked on screen. It was just not good. So, um, which respect for the honesty on that. And, you know, I can understand as a producer saying, like, if the whole conversation was this tone, we don't need to show the whole thing, obviously. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, um, you know, I, I guess here's my question, right? Like, they both have to be aware that they are polar opposites, right? Like, yes, is aware that Wes is the opposite complete opposite and vice versa yeah like let's not try to make this men's thing i know it's the og way but it's never gonna work and of all people with wes yeah yeah that's the thing it's wes (laughs) look i'm gonna say one more thing about this um i feel like you know we can use all the i can use all these like fancy analogies like yin and yang and you know cliche things um but if i were really gonna break it down i would say you could take a picture of yes and just put confidence right and you could put up a picture of wes and put hubris and that is a pretty good comparison of the two in my opinion that's fair like yeah that's fair so wes definitely mm-hmm. has has hubris <laughs> in in plethora um, um go ahead but anyway so when here's where i'm confused is when yes sits wes down he like offers him the sabotage he's like do you want it and Wes is like do you mean do I want to have it or do you want me to be able to and he was like yeah no that's what I mean sorry and I'm like yeah like okay so he was Wes just offering to, to, pick. to give it to Wes like in here it's now your sabotage like can he even do that or was he just being a smart ass like and that's where I'm like how did it go from yes trying to give his sabotage to Wes and Wes was even like, you know, he's like, you're now you're learning, you know, you, you know how to manipulate the old ginger here. How did it go from that from all of a sudden Wes is like, well, if is it going to be thrown on me? And yes, is like, yeah, it's most yeah. likely going to get thrown on you. So, like, how did we right. go from this extreme to that extreme? And I get it. The whole conversation, like we said, there was a lot that was missing. But I'm like, it just seems like such a big jump from one to the to the next. That's I exactly it. how I took it. Yeah. Go ahead, Josh. Oh, I was just going to say, that's exactly how I took it. 
when Yes first started talking, like he was going to be like, hi, right, Wes, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want this responsibility. You have it. You pick. You've already done it once. Why not leave the target on your back? Yeah. That's where I thought. And then when it came about, I was just like, damn, what are we missing this combo? <laughs> I rewound See, it and watched it again because I thought maybe I like blinked and missed something or I don't know. So how I looked at it as is the same as you guys. Like it, it was like, yes, it was like, I want to deal with this. It's a sabotage. It's not how I play my game. This is a totally how you play your game. If you want it, it's yours. Mm-hmm. You get to use the sabotage. You remain the target. And Wes said no. Mm. And then I I took the next part of that conversation as yes, sort of trying to force his hand without being devious, without being underhanded, because that's not how yes plays. And I probably just screwed up Wes mm-hmm. and yes, um, which will happen <laughs> a lot. Um, but the way that I looked at it was yes was saying where Wes was asking if I don't take it. And I don't use it myself against someone else. Am I the likely recipient? And yes was saying, yeah, if you don't take it and you don't use this and remain the target and I have to use it, then I'm throwing it on you. Okay. That makes more sense. I guess I just didn't take the time to kind of piece the the conversation together. Can I, and that's that's sort of where the next part came in. Yeah. Right. And this is going to be slightly off the exact context you guys are talking about right now as far as trying to figure that (laughs) part out but i i just want to get into this because i said it last week and i i put it online and it seems like a lot of people in our groups uh, agreed with us as far as what like the quote of the quote of the the two episodes the premiere was which was you know the west i'll say all the fucking names kind of thing yeah um i just want to say if devin was on this season the tweet he put out would have been quote of the fucking year right here. He goes, obviously yes. team Wes here, but I will say you are both equally responsible for blowing a name rhyming Alliance opportunity. You don't get many. I've been waiting for a Kevin for six years. You two have a silver platter and you fucked it. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, that's as someone that has to say their name all the time. And now we have to say them back to back. Yes. Wes all the time. It's yes. it's fucked up. Yeah, it it really is. That's fucking hilarious. I love that. But I do kind of think. Go ahead. I'm no, sorry. Go ahead. What were you I was going to talk about Wes's uh, what Wes said, but if you had yeah, something no, related, that's that was it. I was just going to say I have a line that I want to submit for line of the night. Well, I think we have the same line, so why don't you say it? No, you can do it. It's no, okay. you do it. I did it last week. <laughs> okay. Um. So anyway, in this moment, in this conversation with yes, um, we have a quote from Wes which literally fucking floored me. I was crying because I was laughing so damn hard. So I want to submit it for tonight's possible line of the episode. Um, You know, we'll see what else we got as we get through the rest of the recap. But for now, in this moment, and I quote, and I wrote it down exactly this time, guys. So I was ready. (laughs) Wes says, after he's talking about, you know, after Yes offers him the sabotage, and he's like, you know, now you're learning how to manipulate the old ginger here. Cuts to Wes's uh, confessional. And he says, I do love to stir the pot. And I'm going to put him in my little fucking pot. And I'm going to stir him around. Because he's nothing but an ingredient in my life. That I'm going to bake, eat, and then shit out. (laughs) And that shit had me (laughs) rolling when I was watching it. So I'm submitting that for possible uh, game of the night. Or uh, line of the night. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. 
Yeah, and I feel like this, this like the end of this conversation that they had is sort of the what I foresee to be the turning point of the rest of the game as far as this rivalry goes, Mm -hmm. because Wes basically said it when he had it, he didn't use it on yes, right? And he feels that that should be reciprocated. If it doesn't get used on him, he's not going after yes. Right. If it does get used it on him, all bets are off. Yeah. And I did I did find that interesting how he worded that because he was like, if you don't put it on me, I will prove you wrong. And I know that he's referring yep. to the fact that yes thinks he's a dirty, grimy player. And he's like, bro, I'll pr- I'll prove you wrong. Like I will work with you. But if you throw that on me, I'm coming for your head, <laughs> you know? And good luck, yes. <laughs> yeah i mean look i it's i really like yes and i think had he done a few more seasons um he might be at a different level in his social gameplay than he currently is um because it's you know what 18 years off and then he did a season took a year off and then comes back right yeah um this stuff might have worked on other people in all stars one but it's not going to work on wes who hasn't really taken a break since I mean, he takes breaks, but he is consistently playing the game in every reiteration of it. From every, what, every era of it. Yeah, yeah whether every... it's Fresh Meat, you know, Rivals era, uh, Battle of the Exes era. Even uh, the newer eras. Even the newer eras. Double agents. Mm-hmm. Double agents, you know what I mean? Yeah. And from rumors, he might be on this current season coming up, but who who knows? Like, everybody's on that list of might be on it. I, I just don't think he's going to be because he's filming his blocks I, thing, but anyway. Anyways, that's a whole other thing. It, what I'm basically trying to get to is Wes's social game and his ability to manipulate the gameplay and make it work for him is just beyond Yes's capabilities, and I think it's yeah. Yes is setting himself up for failure with this. Well, and I think it also goes to, it just... The thing is, is like when Yes was playing the game, this was very typical gameplay, right? And then he took all that time off and he came back for All-Stars 1 and the way and it had a very similar gameplay style to like how he's trying to play right now and how they used to play way back when Yes's original seasons, right? So he has he didn't because he left so early in the show and he never came back and hasn't been back on for like 18 years. He did not get a chance to evolve his gameplay to match what everybody else is now doing these days. And he, you know, All-Stars 1, there were no newer players. It was all old school people who all played like that. And now he's, it's like a, what, what do you call it? Like, it's like shock, right? Where he's learning very quickly that this is not how all, everybody plays in the challenge anymore. Sink or swim. Yeah, you know, it's that, exactly. It's that sink or swim kind of thing. And, you know, I guess we'll just kind of see how it works out for him. But He's sticking to his guns and I'll give him that, you know, he's not, but he hasn't, he hasn't bent. He hasn't folded yet. He's sticking to his guns of wanting to try to play fair. And, you know, so I'll, I'll give that to him. So I'm just go ahead. I was just going to say like, um, one of the things that I will say about yes. And I was thinking about it today when I, I don't even, I was listening to, um, the challenge historians recap of all stars Um, episode two. Yeah. Um, I would love to see yes on survivor because the way that he plays his physicality is more like more than enough to be above average in survivor. He, but the, the way that he plays socially and this new iteration of survivor 
Yeah. I think that he could absolutely thrive in that environment because of the level of gameplay and the way that the social mechanics work on Survivor versus the new, like, All-Stars basically 2.0, where we've got people like Wes and, like, newer players coming in to play against the, not older players, but players from older seasons. Mm -hmm. So... I I haven't really watched all of this guy's episodes. I've seen a few of them. But tell me if maybe this comparison might ring a little true for you guys. Yes, and I think it's Ozzy. Is that right? Ozzy. Okay. Yeah. I, I kind of get a similar vibe between the two. Maybe maybe not not like necessarily their social gameplay, but how they go about like competitively and how they go front. I would say take Ozzy's first season. But I would say that yes and Yule play a oh, very similar okay. game. Yeah. Okay. That's very what I was similar. Thinking. That's I've, what I was thinking too. I was I've like, he kind of reminds me more of like Yule because he's just so. It's the wine. Goku. <laughs> Goku. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Um, but we were saying earlier, you know, yes is kind of in this situation where he's, you know, sink or swim, you know, yeah. um, which is really similar to the daily that they had, which was called playing <laughs> dirty. Um, where they had this giant mud pit that they had to run through and basically playing musical chairs with balls. Yes. Um, so the way they broke it down is obviously uh, they s- decide not to keep the sexes together, but separate the sexes. Do you do you remember what color the balls were? Uh, I believe they were blue. Okay, I was just checking. <laughs> not the men's, though. They were red. No, they oh, were, were red. they? Yes. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> Touché, Some, somebody was Touché. thinking that day, yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, the way it works is the first heat for the men or women is uh, there will be 10 people running to go get a ball. There will only be nine balls left. First one out, straight into the elimination. Second round, uh, there's nine people. There's only five balls left. And then final round will be uh, five people, only three balls left. Mm -hmm. And that's how you'll get your authority from the men and the women. Yeah. First across is the winner and then the next two. I'm I'm having a brain fart right now. Who was up first, the men or the women? It was the women. Women. That's right. Yeah. Women Um, first. Women first. I did see something that Naya was saying. She was like, because I think people like sometimes underestimate the mud pit and how uh, effective it can be as um yeah as an equalizer yeah in a competition but she was like i've got these long legs and she was like i'm just gonna take <laughs> off and gallop through this mud it's not gonna get me <laughs> at all and then they showed it and she took one step and just sunk in almost face plan <laughs> and fucking was rolling about it when she was explaining it so and funny. i think a lot of people except for maybe a couple experience this but uh um real, real quick though, go we, ahead, got, yeah. we gotta we gotta jump way back because you skipped over all the um sabotages Sabotage. and everything so oh yeah i forgot um, about that so, sorry yes and kendall um both have sabotages and tj lets us know that they're going to be 35 pound weighted vests that this that's what the sabotage is how could i forget about this yeah, yeah sorry guys <laughs> um so tj starts with yes this week um and obviously without even really thinking about it yes Throws it on to Wes and then gives some, you know, random, ridiculous explanation for it, saying that he's throwing it back where it came from and sending it back to the saboteur, which is really weird because Yes's sabotage has absolutely nothing to do with Wes and they're not connected in any way, shape or form. So I found that kind of funny. But, you know, 
Wes, it's it's funny because Wes kind of takes it how Jordan took his sabotage last week and he kind of takes it like a um a challenge, right? Yeah. He's like this, he's like, it doesn't feel like a or he's like, it doesn't seem like a weighted vest, it seems like a weapon. And I was like, Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean to a degree is true, but at the same time, you're you're not on a grass field. It, it doesn't work that way. You're in a mud pit. You're going to take one step and then you're going to struggle to take the next. So Yeah, true. Unless you're going to lay on top of him, it's not much of a weapon. He Very did good. at one point when he jumped for a ball and I, I've watched the, I rewound it the first time I watched it and I tried to catch it when I just rewatched it this evening and I still can't figure out who he landed on, but he landed on top of somebody with the weighted vest in the mud bit right at the end. Oh, yes. He, I, I want to say it was Darrell. He even posted it. He posted it on his IG and he like he posted a clip of it and he says, um, praying for who, whoever's laying underneath me in this yeah. mud or something like that. And then he was like, catch the new episode tonight, blah, blah, blah. That was like his Wednesday promo picture or whatever for the episode. I, I totally forgot about that. I, yes. I want to say it was Darrell. I, th- I think it was. Yeah. And it was like they both were going for the ball. And I think maybe Wes got it like half a second before, but they were both already like on the verge of colliding. Right. And it was just whoever else. And again, I think it was Darrell went under and Wes just like landed on him. Yeah. So that. Yeah. So we'll we'll dive more into what happens with the guys and stuff. But yeah, so that thing definitely does (laughs) become a weapon. Um, And then Kendall. Kendall sits around and Lolly gags around. She doesn't know what to do. She doesn't even want to use the sabotage. Like she first, she first, she asks TJ if she can use it on a guy. Right. And TJ's like, sure, you know, whatever. Um, And then she's staring around. She's looking around and Jordan, Jordan of all people steps up and says, just give it to me. It's there's no, I'm not going to hold it against you. Just, just give it to me. Right. Such she doesn't such an easy out. He gave her the perfect out and she doesn't take it. Instead, she turns to TJ and she says, TJ, can I use it on myself? TJ gave a great response. He did. And I want I want to submit this for line of the night, too. But can you go ahead and take it? Take it for me. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, If you'd like to. I mean, it's half a million bucks on the line. Not sure if you know that. Yeah. I <laughs> I <laughs> listen here. You, you guys are coming at my girl all wrong. Hey, I didn't. All I did was read the quote. I've got a defense of Kendall blurb in my notes. No, no, no. You you do what what you put on Twitter was so yeah. heartfelt, and she yeah. she appreciated that. She and did. you know, Kendall Kendall's getting a hard time for a lot of different reasons now. And we we all love Kendall. And, yeah, Kendall, and you know I'm Team Washington, and yeah, she still wants to kill me with yoga, but you know, come on, girl. Well, and, yeah, <laughs> I mean, look, like here's my thing with Kendall. Like, I, I try not to hold gameplay ever against Kendall because the conversations we've had from her oh, ring true to who she really is and what we see on the show. Yeah, like because when Fact. we talk to her, she's like. Look, even when I get eliminated, I just still just want to play the game. And I don't want anyone to have to go home. <laughs> like, if they get eliminated, let them, let them play. They just can't They just can't win money. Yeah, but let them stay and play. <laughs> yeah, because it's a good time. And it's like, oh, Kendall, that's so sweet. And I wish, we, I wish they would do that, but they can't. Yeah, they can't do that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I love Kendall. 
you know, it's just she had a hard time with this, you know, and she even, struggles with the social play in this yeah. kind of game. She's not naturally a cutthroat kind of person. And it's difficult for her no. because she's been like she's been I don't, OK, cutthroat. It isn't the right thing, but like she's been backstabbed by people in this game before and she's had her own trials and she's had her own tribulations in life and she's gone through you know, being sick and all these crazy things. And so she has a different kind of appreciation for things, I think. And I think that's where she really struggles is like all these things that she's gone through in her life and being a nurse and, you know, just all of that contributes to who she is. And I, it's really sweet. But at the same time, it's like, like TJ said, you're playing for half a million dollars and you have to make these moves. Unfortunately, the move she decides to make is to send in fucking MJ or to give her her sabotage to MJ. She just him haws and she was under pressure and she made a, a, a rush decision without thinking it through. All she thought was like, he's a bigger guy. He can take it. Right. Like she should have just taken the out that Jordan gave her yes. or she should have, right. in my personal opinion, in my personal opinion, oh, yeah. she should have just excuse my language. I'm not trying to be a dick about this, but she should have nutted up and fucking gave it to Kayla or Sylvia yes. or Tina yes. or any one of those other people that she knows are going after her. Anyone in the Treehouse Alliance. Yeah. So yeah. the thing with that too, and I like I I wrote a couple things down for that. One of the things was that up until this point, the Treehouse Alliance or whatever has been a thing, but they've not beyond Sylvia putting it on Kellyanne, they've not overtly gone after. Right. Kendall and Kellyanne to that point, they do in this challenge after the sabotage, but up until that point, no shots have really been fired. Yeah. And if she puts that sabotage on one of the girls from the treehouse, she knows full well that like all bets are off. They're coming after her and Kellyanne. But right. the only problem is it's Kendall and Kellyanne versus like Veronica, Seven other Tina, girls. Kayla, basically the rest of the house minus Shawnee. So if you're one, an alliance of two against like seven and you're kind of at a stand still, I can understand yeah. not wanting to make that shot right then. Yeah. If it's but- after the competition, like if it's after this challenge, a hundred percent, like throw it on all of them equally. But up until that point, I don't, I don't, I think that I would, but I'm also an asshole. I would just be like, I'm going to get you before you get me. Yes, but that's I understand the point that of the game. I understand not wanting to start that war when you don't have the numbers on your side. And the only other thing was just that, to the best of my knowledge, this is the first interaction that she has with Jordan, like as far as, as playing the game. Right. So yeah, yoga. Jordan... Right. Her giving like Jordan giving her the out. It could just be put it on me, but I'm going to get you back later. Yeah, I I, I see that. And so here's my only argument for that is that last week. Right. um, I can't remember who had the sabotage last week. um, Sylvia um, Sylvia and threw it on Kellyanne. Right. Which Kellyanne is Kendall's number one in the game. So there has been a strike made against your alliance. And then on top of that, the only other person that you know for sure at this point has your back is John A. So of all the people up there, why are you going to choose 
the number one guy that's locked in with you and John A and Kellyanne at this point. And he's one of the strongest males on the cast. Like MJ is, is no, you know, little weak guy on this show. Like he is really strong and he's a big ass dude. So like, it's just, it just blows. I'm, I get her explanation that she gave yeah, in, her, right. in her confessional. I do get that. She gave it to a bigger guy. She was trying to, you know, lessen the impact that it would have, you know, if she would have put it on someone smaller. I, I So I get that. But at the same time, it's just like, that was the wrong guy. The smart play would have been so. Yeah. And I get the heat of the moment too. You could have done Brad. You could have done Mark. You could have done Derek. You could have like, there's so many, you could have done Derek and still taken a shot at the Treehouse Alliance, but not touched any of the girls. You know, like there yeah. was just yeah. so many different things that I think that she could have done, but, but I don't hold it against her. It's no. to me, it shows her heart and it, it just, it makes me feel bad for her because I know that this move is going to affect her gameplay at some point in the future. Can I yeah. be, can, can, can I just say, I, I just got to say this, that 35 pounds did not affect whether or not MJ was winning that daily. I... MJ was not winning that daily regardless. You want to know how I know why? Because every fucking episode, he's walking around with that knee brace and rubbing his knee and icing his knee. Yeah. There is something fucking wrong with his knee. No, there and, is. I, and yeah. running in a mud pit where you have to keep your knee straight and strong is not going to be done. Mm-hmm. That 35-pound vest, he was he was doomed before that even got assigned to him. Uh, he might not have been the first one in, but he would have been second to last. Did you yeah. check out his uh, story on Instagram today? Yeah, about the Ooh, about his about rehab. His yeah, yeah. Oh, my oh God. I've been watching it, and look, it's not a secret. Like, so I know something like along the line, either right after the season, he goes and has surgery or something. Be- but something's wrong. You can see it. I yeah. mean, even if you yeah. never saw his Instagram stories, just watching the first three episodes. And how he's walking he's around out. and handling himself, something's not right. Well, yeah, we'll we'll get into it because something happens um, so, that I don't think that everybody noticed. So we'll get into it once we get to the guys. Yeah, uh-huh. I just I just had to throw that in on the the whole candle. I mean, I, I get people are pissed about it, but at the end of the day, like that was not a determining factor on MJ's success in this day. I, I don't I don't think it's fair that they're mad at her for possibly determining MJ's you know results and yeah fate in the game. But I do understand fans who are upset that she chose MJ knowing that she was like, I don't know if they had an official agreement, but she was working with John A, rooming with John A, all that stuff. So I understand fans being upset about that, regardless of what they're upset about. I 1000% do not support anybody going and giving Kendall shit for this. Like, get the fuck over it, guys. It's a game. No, I mean, like, it's like, it's like I said earlier in the day when we were talking about Survivor, like, I am a diehard Survivor fan. I've watched yeah. it from the beginning. I don't hold game moves against players outside of the game. Yeah. Like players that I really like have taken out other players that I yeah. really like. I yeah. mean, Devin took out Wes in double yeah. agents. Yeah. And like, I'm a huge fan of both. Jay took like, out fucking CT. Like, and I Kyle took out Jay. Josh. Like I, yeah. like, you can't like it. Yes, it sucks. It sucks that this happened, but it's it's a game. It's a moment in the game and there's going to be more things. And here's my take on it. Like, and I'm going to go a step further than both of you. I don't like what I've seen from Paulie on TV as his character is how he is edited mm-hmm. 
right. on his first two or his last two seasons. His first one, I actually enjoyed him a bit. Yeah. Um, but just the gameplay and everything else and the way they edited it, I did not like it. I don't care about any of that shit when I get to talk to someone because the conversation I have is who that person is, not what I'm seeing on TV. Yeah. 100%. So, so when people take that, like what they see on TV and I'm going to fucking talk hella shit, like, no, man, get the fuck over it. It was something that happened and you don't know if they drew that out and that was really only 30 frames and they doubled it to make or, you know, tripled it to make it, you know, 90 frames to really yeah. draw out the decision. She might've been like, uh, MJ. Yeah, exactly. You know, and you don't know how they edited that to make it look. Exactly. So look, like guys, it's not fucking real life. It's a TV show. Exactly. And the the just the last little thing I want to add about this um is it's really, really fucking easy to sit back and be like, oh, I would never do that. Oh my God, I would never do that. But then when you're in that moment and all that pressure's on you and all those lights and cameras are on you and everybody's staring at you and TJ's staring at you like tick, 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 come on, hurry up. And a half a million dollars is on the line. You don't know what you will do. It's easy to say you wouldn't do it, but you don't actually know what you would do unless you're until you're in that situation. So like lay off Kendall, guys. Like I know not everybody is is out there bashing on her, but. If you are, fucking just lay off, please. And if you see it, just try to combat it a little bit with some love. Just just send her some love or something, you know? The only person that needed an explanation got it. And yeah. they talked to her. They talked it out. And that's it. In yeah. the subject, none of your yeah. damn business. They're well, good. And we recently talked to MJ. We actually recently interviewed him. And if you're listening to this, this comes out on... Um, you know, Tuesdays and then on Friday, February 27th, we're going to be releasing our MJ episode. So make sure you keep an eye out for that and go listen to it. But he talks about Kendall. Um, so just, you know, recognize that there's a lot of things that happen between like what we're seeing on TV and what the time is right now, actually. Like a lot of shit has happened. OK, because it's not like that was filmed yesterday. <laughs> When's that MJ interview coming out? It comes out on Friday, May 27th. Okay. Okay. Because okay. you said February twenty You said February. Oh, I said February. Yeah. yeah. No way. You I heard that shit from deep. the kitchen. Damn. We were all waiting. <laughs> I was like, everyone was just like patiently waiting for Karina to finish the plug for the interview, so we can be like, when was it, guys? If you want to hear our MJ interview, I guess you have to fucking find a time machine or something. I don't even know what February. No, I'm just kidding. No, May 27th, 2022, Friday. It'll be in three days after you hear this episode. <laughs> it's in the super secret. Did I just say it spot? again? Why are you fucking laughing at me? I'm gonna, you're, I'm gonna you're fu- like, I'm giving you the year this time around. Mm-mm. No, it's because all of our episodes came out on March 16th. Oh, they did. Yeah, because I fucked up. <laughs> it makes us look like a brand new fucking pot. If you're a new listener, guys, we've been around since um, last year in 2021. Sorry, I fuck shit up all the time. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> we tried to make it more concise, and instead we just re-released all the episodes on the single day. <laughs> They're not remastered or anything. It's the same exact shit. It's we the just... same shit, guys. Yeah, I fucked up, and uh, shouts to all of the listeners who have messaged us on the Fandom Podcast page or even on our personal pages and let us know that they got all of those alerts and have since re-listened to the episodes because they didn't know what it meant. 
So y'all are fucking y'all are true supporters, man. So shouts to you guys. We appreciate it. They were released in 4K. Uh, <laughs> the podcasts are all now in 4K video. Yes. Yeah. It's it's our logo in 4K. So we added, uh, it, we added one minute to each one. You have to figure out what was added. Right. It was just <laughs> silence spread out throughout the entire episode. Yeah. <laughs> in, in one second intervals. <laughs> That was fucked up. <laughs> it's like if someone broke into your house and just moved everything two inches to the left. Oh my god, I would have a panic attack. You wouldn't <laughs> even realize. Yes, it. I would. Okay, you're telling me I wouldn't realize. That's, that's a that seventy show poll right there. You sure? You're telling me I wouldn't realize if everything in this house was shifted two inches to the left. I bet you I can move the couch away from the wall a half inch a day, and you'll never notice until it's I about four inches away. Bet you I will notice. All right. All right. It's on. I've been doing it for two days already. <laughs> no, you haven't. Stop fucking lying. <laughs> you ain't got to lie to kick it, okay? She's going to go back and look at pictures. So, <laughs> back to All Stars 3. Sorry, everyone. Um, anyway, This is what they tune in for. They, they know do. what they're signing up for when they turn us <laughs> on. That's not bullshit. <laughs> yeah, come on. Oh, you want us to talk to Cyrus about the challenge? That's not going to happen. Listen, we're going to talk about everything else. Way to else. give it away. Oh, well. Jeez. I already put it out on my fucking IG. Well, Cyrus so. will be out in like a month or so, guys. Don't get too excited. Um, anyway, uh, so <laughs> you're fine. Um, so anyway, so she, Kendall throws her sabotage on MJ. Obviously, MJ's pissed. Jean A gives a confessional and says she's going to fucking take Kendall's ass out in that mud pit like she is on fire. Um, I don't think that that actually happens. Plot twist. <laughs> In did fact, we'll happen. get we'll get into that. Mm. Um, but real quick, I did want to throw a shout out to the freaking um, to the confessional that they did for Derek because he's like doing like the you know the <laughs> wrestling ring like announcer thing, and he's like the Mud Bowl Classic of the world, and they like did this like awesome background with like all the text and shit, like made it look all official. It was super cool. Um, but anyway, so we get into round one uh, for the women. And just right out of the bat, man, Ronnie fucking kills this run in the mud. She is a beast. Like a fucking rocket. Dude, I was so shocked. I was I was so shocked by this. Like, because it's like, okay, so I'll be 100% transparent here. A couple, like a week. I Actually, maybe it was the week that All Stars 1 and episode, All Stars episode 1 and 2 uh, premiered. Jordan went live on Instagram and he, you know, blah, 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 talk, whatever, cool, awesome, fun. At the very end of the of the Instagram live, he somebody had asked him, like, who was the most like surprising person on the show this season? And he he was about to click out and then he saw the thing and he stopped just to specifically answer that question. And he was like, before I go and he was like, watch Ronnie, pay attention to Ronnie this season because she is a fucking beast. Yeah. And then he was like, all right, bye. And he left the live. And so I was like, all right, I got to watch Ronnie. And the next episode, here we are, dude. She's just beasting it through this mud pit. I was like, damn, girl, get it. Shit. <laughs> um, like I was saying earlier about Naya, how she thought she was just going to fucking jam through there like Ronnie did. But yeah. that mud took her. She and did. that's that's kind of what I wanted to say real quick. And I'll, I'll no, let you good, hop back good, in um, is with John A and everybody like, oh, I'm going to tackle this person. Or I'm going to take him out. It's like you have never ran in mud then because as deep as that mud is. And I looked when they took that first step, that shit was going up to their knees. 
Yeah. And it's like you're not able to run around and j- it's that's not how it works. So unless they're within arm's length, you're not getting a hold of anyone. Um. Oh yes, I agree with you. But unless then I you're also- staying back and purposely trying to yes. block and defend, but yes. if you're actually going after something, no, which yeah. John A is not dumb, she's not going to really stay back and block. She's no. going to actively try to win the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's not going to happen that way. Just putting that out there. I agree. Sorry. I agree. Um, but I did happen to notice hmm. that Anaya. Now I don't know if this was strategy or, like you said, she just kind of got stuck up in the mud. Um, but she didn't go down to go get a ball in the first round. She was kind of still up by the by the um, up in the thicker mud. Ronnie, like I said, shoots out. She goes and she grabs her ball and she freaking turns around. She starts booking it back in, and all of a sudden, from the side. All the way out to the side of the freaking thing, you see Naya just come across that mud right at Ronnie, and she just like puts her shoulder down and she goes at Ronnie, and she does she puts her everything into this. Yeah, and she did. She she knocked Ronnie a little bit. Ronnie didn't go down, and she didn't lose her ball. But I was like, you know what? I got to give it up to Naya for that because she put some real fucking effort, and that was not easy for her to stride through the mud like that and then take a full on like tackle hit on Ronnie face first at each other like it was it was cool so i wanted to make sure that i that i gave naya a freaking a shout out for that so i know you're going to talk about next so i just want to say this right here is to me the most impressive yeah uh physical um part of the game that was shown to me this impressed me more than anything else and you know shout out to josh's washington connection down there yeah um Kendall, uh, after everything kind of comes down to it, there's uh, two girls that are left, and it's Kendall coming back with the ball and Veronica without one. And Veronica grabs Kendall and is tackles, tackles her. Tackles her to the ground yeah. and is laying on top of Kendall's tiny-ass little body. Yeah, and look, like, when I say Veronica's bigger, I'm not trying to say bigger like she's a bigger girl. But she is bigger than Kendall. In comparison to Kendall, she it, is. She very much yeah. outweighs Kendall. Very yes. much. And, and with, this this goes back to what you were saying earlier with the yoga thing and how strong Kendall is because this girl literally army crawls her way with with Veronica on her back all the way out of that mud and and t- keeps her ball and Veronica loses that round. But she carried that bitch. She crawled inch by inch, inch by inch, like Jordan said. She earned that inch. By inch, and he, even Jordan was impressed with Kendall's performance in that round. And I was just like, I was really shocked because the second I saw Veronica lay on top of Kendall, I was like, oh, this is over. Like, yeah. Veronica's going to pop that ball out. She's going to stand up, and she's got the, you know, she's got the upper ha- upper hand in that situation because Kendall's face down in the fucking mud. So, I, man, I was really impressed with that. Absolutely. I mean, I I was watching it, and I was like on the edge of my seat knowing, but at the same time, like you said, like Kendall's just army crawling with that ball. And as soon as she started to go, and as soon as she started getting traction, I was like, okay, it's a done deal because I didn't know how it was going to go because it it very easily could have gone either way when the tackle happened and they both were not moving. They had that moment where it was just like frozen in time. But then as soon as Kendall started going like inch by inch, it was a done deal. It was just a matter of waiting for Kendall to get there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's, 
yoga core strength doing she she knew what she had to do she put her mind to it and nothing was going to stop her and i was really impressed by it yeah um so obviously uh veronica gets last she's directly into the elimination uh with nothing to say about it and yep. then we uh we get a little bit of a break and then or no wait no we, we no, go no, right, no that's right they go right we go round right into two. round two um and again ronnie kills the fucking run yeah, it's nine girls, five and then balls. This is the one where Sylvia and Tina gang up on Kendall and they pin her in the mud. And Tina kind of sits on top of her, you know, and Sylvia runs up and takes her ball. Um, and uh, schoolyard tactics. Yeah, yeah. schoolyard right. tactics. Yeah. Like, I'm not even mad. Like, I, I know people don't like it, but it's fucking smart strategy. It's, I'm not yeah. mad about it's it. No, game. I'm not mad it's, at all. It's the challenge. Exactly. Yeah. It is what it um, is. Yeah, I'm not mad about it at all. Like, the thing is, is like, you know, Kendall, Kendall and Kellyanne could have worked together. Kendall, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If she hadn't have thrown her sabotage on MJ, she could have worked with John A, but she kind of fucked that. And it comes, <laughs> it comes into play later. There's a Kellyanne quote that I've written down um, oh, from nice. like deep in the episode yeah. that really kind of sums that up. And I think it's a precursor of what's to come. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree with that. So um, quick synopsis on yeah, this no, is uh, basically uh, the eliminated player, eliminated girls are going to end up being uh, Jemmy, Ronnie and Naya and Kendall and Kendall. And so the the five girls going after the three balls in round three is going to be Kayla, John A, Kellyanne, Tina and Sylvia. Yep. Um. And then, I mean, it's pretty. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty. This last round is pretty straightforward. Um, you know, first one across wins. Um, and then the next two complete the the uh, the authority. Um, you know, Kayla's the first across. Um, so she gets first place in this and uh, retains the sabotage. And then right behind her is going to be John A. And then finishing cool. out the authority is going to be Kellyanne. Isn't it Sylvia? No, I'm it's sorry, Sylvia. No. It's Sylvia that takes third because what happens is Kellyanne's got oh, the no, ball and they try to do the same thing you're again. You're right. You're right. You're right. Tina's you're right, wrestling you're right, you're right. with her. And when she's wrestling, she gets the ball away. Sylvia gets it, goes and finishes. You're right. And then when we're everything said and done, Sylvia or Kel, I'm sorry, Tina. Sylvia takes the ball and gets third. Yeah, yeah. I, I see it. I just read my notes wrong. Kellyanne and Tina were going at it and, and she pops it out and Sylvia takes the ball and gets third. And then, yeah, and yeah, then and they get when, out and then they show and Tina is like kind of you can see she's in pain and like, you know, not really agony by any means, but like she's kind of going through right there. Yeah. And we find out that she had like, you know, she explains it like her finger was broken and they popped it back in kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's kind of noteworthy to to for yeah, later on in the episode. She said she looked down and she couldn't see her knuckle anymore, so she just popped her finger back in and put her glove back on. I was like, oh, get it, girl. Yeah, Look. do it. <laughs> now, I will say as well, like her or not, um, Kayla is absolutely here to compete, and yeah. once Veronica was in elimination, that alliance really just sort of like went completely regimented, and they were like, the only thing that we have to do is make sure that we monopolize the authority. And the move of and I'm not a like I'm not a huge fan of necessarily the entirety of the Treehouse Alliance, but I will say Kayla going long, grabbing the ball, throwing it to Sylvia to hold until she got back there, passing it back to her to get first is smart gameplay. Um, it's not like my ideal outcome, but it absolutely was smart within the confines of the game to make sure that they 
got into the authority. Sorry, we're staring at Josh. So am I. Damn it. Sorry. What what are no. you watching? You know what I'm watching. He's watching All Stars. Survivor? Dude, yeah. No, not no. Survivor. Big Brother All Stars? Don't, don't pay attention to the man behind with the, the fuchsia curtain. walls. <laughs> with the fuchsia walls. Yeah, don't pay apologize. attention to the neon I'm lights. Sorry. Do no, not no. need to distract you. You know, we're we're, we're coming to the end and the, we're right here. We're like talking as oh. it is it's like live oh it's so you awesome. saw the tina part okay yeah like <laughs> that's it, funny. and that's yeah. one of those things like if if like sports fan or not like it's one of those scenes where you see someone get injured and they kind of show it and it's like a broken finger or something you're like oh Gross. i didn't need to see that you know kind of thing. Yep. but i'm yeah, sorry Tony, I mean, when I, go ahead yeah, josh sorry go no, no, no 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 what you were you what were you doing were you were you uh, oh, doing when a I went to go pause oh. no when i went to go pause it went it gets forward and then it saw somebody else that you were talking about. Oh, okay, so uh, Tony, go. Just again. I think he was done. He. Oh, was, I thought yeah. you were. No, you, you don't have to go again. Finishing your thought. <laughs> no, it were a no, hot the, mess tonight. Yeah, yeah, you are. Okay. The, the end of my thought was like them or not, the Treehouse Alliance like did what they had to do, and yeah. as much as I may not be an absolute fan of Kayla, and we did say when we did like our preamble, like preseason, that like blank slate see how she plays socially I'm, i may not still be a huge fan of her game but as far as physicality she's really like come to play thus far i'll be interested to see how it goes yeah see i've never had a problem with how kayla plays the game physically i've always thought that she no. was a decent competitor physically and mentally for like puzzles you know she can she's not the best at puzzles but she can she can handle herself you know in comparison to a lot of the other people there it's just always been her messy ass gameplay that i just i can't stand and then her just her attitude which we'll get into that um you know later in the show because i will have things to say about things that happen later can i just give a hot take on kayla real quick it depends on if it has to do with happens. No, 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 just like later. comparison, comparison, okay. that's all. <laughs> hot take, Stephen Smith hot take real quick for you, Josh. Oh, God. Kayla is Kara without CrossFit. Nah. Competitively. Think about it. If you take Kara, Rivals 2 era, and look at Kayla like Vendetta's time, pretty much the same player. I highly disagree. Competitively? Yes. Why? Because I think that Kara would have whooped Kayla's ass. You think so? Rivals 2 or Vendetta's. And she did whoop Kayla's ass in Vendetta's. Not by much. You sure about that? Okay. Because <laughs> well, wasn't Kara like... <laughs> wasn't that also like her like fucking uh, Kayla's like second or third season total? Oops, something I'm, like that? But I'm just saying. All right. So let's say fucking Kara's second or third season versus Kayla's second or third season. And okay I fuck it even... it's a cold ass take it's a cold take and i'll shut the yeah. fuck up i was gonna say you're not even getting support from tony and josh on this one you might you tony's might, giving uh... me it's hive mind he's talking to me right it, now no he's not yeah <laughs> no it is it's cool he's like dude i don't agree but i still support your decision to say that i don't agree but i'm just gonna be quiet so that i'm not disagreeing so that you still have a leg to stand on thank you sir respect wi-fi now <laughs> Quick question: Have you ever seen Ollie G in the house? Oh my gosh! Yes, respecta. Okay, moving on. <laughs> the men's first round. Please. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Okay, possibly, possibly the one of the best parts of this daily. Nah, could, that's it, pushing it, but 
I love this fucking part. So the guys are getting set up, right? They're getting lined up at the at the at the tip of the mud pit, right? And they're they're getting all pumped up and stuff. And then all of a sudden you got Veronica on the West and she's like, nice tank top, Wes, because he's got that weighted vest on and he's so fucking white. He's like pale white like a ghost. And they he's standing next to Wes. Or I'm sorry, he's standing next to Wes is standing next to yes. This is going to be a problem all fucking season, guys. Um, Wes is standing next to Yes, which makes it even worse because Yes is one of those guys that has like a really like a more tan complexion. And so it just makes Wes look even whiter. And then he's got the black vest on, which just adds to the whole catastrophe even more. And I just was dying. (laughs) Not only that, but you've got like you've got Yes, who has his (laughs) mouth guard in. And the biggest <laughs> shit-eating grin that I've ever seen, but then accentuated by the fact that he has a mouth guard in that's yeah. got the challenge logo across it, while Wes is standing next to him with the 35-pound sabotage that he put on him. <laughs> and it's just like this shot of the two of them standing side by side. I love it. Cause and effect. Yeah. Dude, it was so perfect. It was so, it was so, it just shouts to the cameraman on that one because that was so good. So... <laughs> Um, all right. So the first uh, the first men's round kicks off and, um, you know, freaking Brad and and a couple of other guys, they shoot out and, you know, they get a really good start. And um, but. In the back, unfortunately, um, MJ takes about three steps into this mud and on that third step into the mud, you see his knee just go flink and like it. It's like his legs like this and then his knee goes like in like backwards almost like it's so weird guys you you'll have to go watch it but you can see his leg go bloop like that and he just kind of gets stuck right there in the mud and you know and like i think that that severely contributed to the pain that he felt later and like you said it's he has a pre-existing knee injury right Mm -hmm. we all know that um and then putting on that weight and stepping into that thick ass mud and I'm I pretty sure he had his brace on while he was he running did. through the mud, yes. which possibly did not help him with trying to be able yeah, to bend and straighten his knee. Just... It was just such a bad situation for him all around. But I did happen to notice and I had to rewind it about three times to to watch it. But you can see his foot get stuck there and his and his knee like goes backwards a little bit. And as someone who has left knee issues, like I, I literally felt it in my knee and I was just so, like, Oh man. So what those braces do is they keep your leg from your knee from buckling side to side. Yeah. It keeps you from tearing your ACL or your MCL. Yes. Or I, no, it's your ACL. Um, it looks like he did an MCL, which is, if I'm remembering correctly, the front, I could be completely wrong. You know what? I'm not a fucking doctor. Google that <laughs> shit. But it's almost like his knee buckles a little bit like like inwards. It's it's, it's such a weird looking yeah. motion that his leg makes in that moment. And yeah, I just like I totally felt for him in that moment because it's just like, oh, man. When you could tell that it was hurting him because when Cy came like when Cyrus came back um, and he deked around him. Like MJ yeah. couldn't even really jump for him. And like MJ could have very easily, not that he could have stopped Cyrus necessarily, but he very easily could have reached him. Right. But he just didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, this to me was probably the most impressive part of the daily of any part. I mean, it even might be more impressive than what Kendall did with Veronica 
And that was Brad fucking flying through that mud pit. I mean, Derek beat him down there, but Brad beat Derek back. Yeah. And he went so fucking fast. There was not one little itty bitty piece of mud on that glorious beard of his. Not one. Not he was that, fucking flying. Like, he flew. He came in first every heat. Yep. And yeah. at the end of three heats, mudless other than like his bottom half that like physically had to be in the mud. Not a single person touched him. No. It, it was insane. Like it, it was it was to me as impressive uh, of a daily performance as what CT did in 37 where they were up on that water mm-hmm. when him and Devin were the only ones that were really making it every time. Yeah. Like Twinkle that's toes. how impressive. Yeah. That's how impressive it was. <laughs> that was a, that was a, that was a really good one. Yeah. But uh, so um, obviously MJ is the one eliminated and goes directly in. So Johnny is even more pissed oh, now, she's even though livid. even though we all know that like that vest is not what did that. Situation, no, but still, you know, but it, it didn't help the situation. It, it didn't help. No. Yeah. Um, but now we go into round two, which is just like the girls, nine guys, five balls. Um, I'm sorry, guys. Did you have anything else you want to talk about round one? I, I just wanted to say, um, MJ mentioned it in his confessional. It's the first individual challenge in his career that he's come dead last. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And that's wild. That is nuts. Yeah. Poor guy, man. That sucks. I don't feel too bad for him. He won a bunch of money last season. So, well, I just meant like, you know, the circumstance. The like, circumstance. it was just like yeah. one of those things where it was like, bah, 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 like yeah. things going wrong, right? Like somebody it that was he thought storm. was. Yeah, and it was just it, one of those shitty days where you're just like, great, everything sucks today. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, so um, get into round two. Like I said, there's nine guys, five balls. So four guys are going to get eliminated right away. Uh, TJ sounds a horn. And once again, Mark fucking beast dude's Brad. just a beast. He's ridiculous. He, him and Brad take off fucking shot out of a rocket too. Uh, Mark beats him down there, but. Dude, Brad's on. No. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm sorry. I was just shaking my head like, damn. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought Mark beat him down there. Mark beats him down there, but but Brad kills him on the run back. Yeah, that run back. Like, Brad's got like this line through the mud that he's taking or something because he He just just, smokes everyone. He turns so quick. Like, because I was watching that and it was funny because I watched Mark go down and he like bent down and he picked up a ball and then he turned his whole body around. Brad would like side like slide in and just grab a ball and turn and run like that. Like he was not stopping to turn himself around. He was just grabbing and running right back out of there. Like there was no hesitation at all. I'm sorry for anyone just listening. Cause the visual of Karina showing that was just <laughs> glorious. It was glorious. right up there with, with the bloop of MJ's knee, which was yeah. also a, uh, the a visual representation. <laughs> one day we'll get cameras so you guys podcast. <laughs> yeah, one day we'll get cameras so you guys can see all this shit. But until that's that okay. day, every, every time that I've mentioned Wes's facial expression in last episode, I've done it for no one um, <laughs> because you've all seen it and nobody else can see me. Okay. My, my favorite is when we talk about like facial expressions or like we make them at each other or something, or we talk about each other's facial expression currently on the show. But we don't explain it to the fans. So then I'm listening back through on the edit and I'm like, 
what did his face look like? I can't remember. And I got to go pull up the video version and go fucking look and shit. At least I was very, very graphically detailed talking about Josh's Coke baggie hanging out of his nose last week. You you were very detailed about his Coke baggie. (laughs) It's like Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg has an uh, an album, a comedy album. (laughs) That shit was fucking hilarious. (laughs) Fuck, I love Mitch Hedberg, though. Go ahead, Tony. Part Part of his album was just like he did probably four or five jokes that were strictly based on the audience that was in the crowd the night that the CD was being recorded. Oh my gosh. So it was only for the benefit of the people that were in the audience. That's yeah. awesome. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> Just real quick. One of my favorite Mitch Hedberg quotes is uh, I found that a seagull's impression of me is largely based on whether or not I have bread. <laughs> Sometimes, some, some nights I lie in my twin bed and wonder where my brother is. <laughs> or he goes in the subway and goes, I want this, but it's for free because it's for a duck. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Fucking oh ducks eat free at subway. Yeah. Ducks eat free at anyway. subway. Yeah. All right, guys. So um, let's. Tangent. So, right. <laughs> So, yeah. Oh, so, did you know he had a cameo on that 70s show? I did. Yes, he did. Yep. I did not lose a leg in Vietnam, so I could give you a free hot dog. You have both your legs. I know. I said I did yeah. not lose a leg in Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the only quote I remember from that 70s show is? Red Foreman. Dumbass. 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 I appreciate that you the actually best. referenced that 70s show earlier with moving everything two inches to the left. <laughs> I fucking love And here that. we are. Yeah, here we go. Full oh circle. Gosh. All right, let's finish so, up this. Um, yeah, so so Mark beats him down. Uh, Brad turns freaking turns and burns and beats Mark Bra- Mark Brack. Beats Mark back. I can't speak tonight, guys. Are you having a stroke? <laughs> Something. No, I'm just, I want to get this out because I want to propose this question. And then okay, um, before go. we move on to the third round. <laughs> but in at the end of the second round, um, you know, uh, yes, goes after Nehemiah, who Jordan is also, or uh, yes, it was Durrell. Jordan. Or Durrell, you're right. Okay, you're right, you're right, you're right. Thank you. I was like, Jordan saying Jordan's name didn't feel right. So Durrell and Nehemiah are fighting over a ball, and yes, comes out of nowhere to go after Nehemiah right as Durrell takes that ball away. But yes, still freaking tackles Nehemiah's ass in, and he's like holding him down in the mud and stuff. And, you know, obviously we'll get, we'll get into, Uh, how we feel about that situation, but I'm wondering, and I don't know if I'm just like looking into this too far because I feel like maybe something was kind of foreshadowed with that random like confessional from Nehemiah earlier about how him and Wes are trying to like keep their friendship like on the DL so they don't be, I almost feel like Wes, or I'm sorry, I almost feel like yes, intentionally went after Nehemiah because Wes was already in the back with no ball. So he really didn't have much of a chance of making it out of this, this uh, round here. There was the one ball left and it was between, you know what I mean? Or there were two balls left and there was the one that was right there with Nehemiah and stuff. And it just makes me wonder if yes was like, dude, you're already out. I'm going to go take your boy out too. I, I can, I can definitely see, see it. I can then see think it. it then. I think it now. Yeah. I mean, and Nehem, you know, I, I, like I said, we'll, we'll get into what happens. Uh, well, let's just talk about it because I mean, okay. it doesn't yeah, really play into so, round three. No, so. you're right. So yeah. So after that round is over, obviously, um, uh, who gets eliminated from round two, um, 
Round two is... Sorry, yes, Nehemiah, Wes, and Darrell are eliminated from round mm-hmm. two. And all the other guys are up getting ready and, you know, getting out of the mud pit. And the other guys are getting ready for the next round. And Nehemiah starts screaming out, talking shit to yes. And, you know, he's like, tells him, you know, he's like, tells yes, like, if you ever try to wrestle me um, in the mud without a ball, like, I'm going to beat your ass. And I guess yes replied to him was like never wrestled before. <laughs> I fucking love that, dude. I don't care. I thought that shit was fucking hilarious. Dude, I fucking dig it. Um, you know, and so Nehemiah calls him Mr. Integrity, you know, he shouts out and he's like, Mr. Integrity, blah, 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 like being sarcastic, whatever. Um, you know, and keeps talking his shit. But um I just I I just find that I just feel like that situation that there was more like yes had a bigger agenda in that moment. And I don't think Yes was really after that ball. I think Yes was more trying to make sure that neither Wes nor Nehemiah made it through that round rather than trying yeah. to get himself. Nehemiah definitely took it as a cheap shot. He did. He, <clears throat> yeah, and you can't really blame him. I mean, he didn't even have the ball. Like, Yes could have gone after Durrell to get the ball, but he didn't. He chose to tackle Nehemiah and then shove his face in the mud. So I feel like, I don't know, like, I think Yes is one of those guys, like, he is probably one of the nicest guys and any one of those people in there could be like dude can you help me with this and and yes would do it but you put the helmet on and you hit that fucking horn and it's go time he doesn't give a fuck oh yeah and there's a lot of people like that i mean like i know i make a lot of references to football but if you guys ever get a chance to look up i believe his name was greg ogden he was a left tackle for the baltimore ravens and he is an all pro great guy right but there are stories that defensive linemen would go up against him and they would try to, you know, not necessarily take a cheap shot, but kind of, you know, bend the rules a little bit to get past mm-hmm. him. And he would put them into the grass and then like use his forearm on their neck to get up kind of thing. Yeah. And he would do it just and smile at him mm-hmm. and they'd be talking shit. And he'd just smile and be like, OK, yeah. All right. And just dominate him. And I feel like, yes, is one of those guys. Right. Like he doesn't give a fuck. He's just going to do what he wants to do you know, in this situation. And yeah, he, he did have a plan. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. You can't tell me he didn't know what he was doing. Exactly. Going back to what we've said, everybody knows. Yes. Or I'm sorry, Wes and Nehemiah are friends. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, sorry. yeah, I just, I feel like there was an agenda there and I'm not against it at all. No, I found it funny. And, I thought it was great. Yeah. <laughs> and if, and honestly, and I like Nehemiah and I understand why he's upset, but at the same yeah. time, like, dude, it's, a fucking mud pit with a balls. People are going to wrestle. And it's, it's a bunch of dudes. Like, I mean, I hate to be like, you know, make it like a stereotypical thing, but you can't tell me that you can put 10 fucking dudes in a mud pit and be like, okay, here fight over this ball. And nobody's going to get fucking wrestled. Like, of course you're going to get wrestled. Yeah. Duh. Especially this group of guys. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. It's not like these guys are, you know, low on testosterone or ego. I mean, fuck, man. Yeah. It's not like it's the fucking B team out there. These guys are all good, good competitors. And, you know, so anyways, getting back to this, uh, Brad fucking kills it again, obviously. Shocker. You know, he him and Jordan, though, are right there next to each other. And it looks like Jordan might be able to pass. He was in front of Brad. He was in front of oh. Brad. He was about to win that round and his fucking ball slipped out and it went yeah. around Brad and he had to stop and let Brad go. And past then him. it went all the way to the other side. It circled around to the other 
other side. And still somehow he got it and finished right behind Derek Kay for third and made the authority. It was it was super impressive. Super freaking impressive. My favorite moment of Jordan getting through that. Did you see what happened with Cyrus or did you hear? Did you hear what he said? No, no. no. I only saw the mark part. So Jordan's running like after he gets the ball back. Yeah, he's running past Cyrus. Cyrus makes one last attempt to grab the ball, misses the ball just because of like he just misses because of the the way that Jordan turned just happened to be like Jordan was focusing on the other foot. So he turned slightly and Cyrus bag tagged him. (laughs) Yep. And (laughs) then he apologizes. And he goes, Nut tap. I'm sorry. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, and Jordan's like, it's all good. <laughs> I do remember that. Fo- now. It, it wasn't focused on. It was just like you could hear Cyrus say it underneath. And I actually went back and rewound two or three times so I could catch what actually said. But yeah, yeah. nut tap. Sorry, you okay? <laughs> oh my god, I did. I did hear that. I remember hearing that. I just didn't write, write it down because I wasn't exactly sure what he said, but I was pretty sure that's what he said. Yeah. And I, but I was like, I don't know for sure. Like I rewound it a couple of times, but I just couldn't catch it right. But that's fucking hilarious, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to go back and watch that now. That's too good. So good. Cyrus yeah. is like, Cyrus is the king for those like one liners. And dude. especially after we've, after having spoken to him, I, I found it a lot easier to pick up on the, like the offhand comments yeah. because I recognize like the tone a lot better than I I had before when he was just sort of like his voice in the group. I can kind of pick it out a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I feel like I, I like, you know, I don't know. I, it's, it's just so cool. Like talking to these people and then being able to talk about their gameplay and stuff after getting to know them more it's just it's really cool i enjoy it a lot so um the uh top three for the authority end up being uh for the women kayla john a and sylvia and for the guys it's obviously brad Derek a and jordan um i think uh god i think it was a really a really cool kind of nod back to some dailies that we've seen in past seasons i and once again, shows that you don't need explosions and semi trucks to make a good daily. You can just do something really simple and it'll be great. And yep. guys, stop fucking around. Bring back that daily from Duel 2 where they had to wear the bobbleheads and run up that hill and then luge back down with it. We want to see that. Make that Not happen. Not only that, but like the eliminations that have been in this so far, like I'm totally game to see Crawl Brawl on the flagship. I would see that. I I actually found it more interesting than traditional hall brawl. I wish they would bring back that hall brawl that I think it was Bear and Joss did. Or was it? Yeah. Where was the different corridors? Yeah. And then uh, what was it? The one that Anissa and I forget who else did it, where it was that circle. I think those like variations on them make it cool. I didn't really like the Emmy one that they did this last season. The climbing one. And then there was an... Then they sort of did the they did a mix of the challenge that um, Tyler and Bananas went against Adam and CT for um, Amber versus Amber when they had to take the balls back and forth through the hall. Oh, yeah, yeah. I that one was that really one. weird, uh, too. Um, I actually like the one where they they had to climb at the end of the hall brawl. I just think it's it would be it was good because it was two women. Could you imagine if it was like Theo? who's like six, four and like CT, they would have just reached up and grab it. it it's well, obviously you want to make the, 
the wall a little higher. Uh, especially if you have somebody like Alton going through there, yeah. he, he'll be up that wall in like two seconds. He would same with like Jay. He would go through the hall brawl upside down, that dude's so fucking fast at climbing. It'd be like men in black when they went on the fucking tunnel and went upside yeah. down through it. Um, Don't push the red button. Push the red button, that's what you get, Alton. All right, guys, so here, we're going to run through this shit real quick. Let's go post daily. Um, so after they get done with everything, they come back, and it kind of leads, if I remember right, right into MJ sitting down with Kendall, with John A yeah. there. Um, and you know, Kendall basically explained to, uh, MJ that, look, she pretty much panicked. He wasn't plan A, B, C, D fucking all the way till however many letters you're at, whatever. Um, but she panicked and just made a stupid fucking decision. Um, said she didn't expect it would take him out. John A tells her she would have rather Kendall put it on her than go after MJ, which I get it. You know, it's your number one in the game, but at the same time, like, Dude, I don't know. I just I'm over this. I think it's dumb. I'm sure the listeners kind of get my drift. I'm sure you guys too. Yeah. Um. So here, let's just fast forward through that. Uh, 70s theme party. Look, I'm a fan of these theme parties. I know some people kind of oh. are bitching about them, but like, look, I'll take theme parties after every daily over explosions and spy themes every day of the week. No yep. fucking joke. I- Drill with that drip. Oh my god, that, that curl! I'm surprised there wasn't like Coming black residue behind him, dude. That Jerry <laughs> curl was gorgeous, and Brad looked like that's his everyday look, dude. Brad he looked did. like a Vietnam vet that you know had one too many times over there. <laughs> he looked like he could have been. He could have been a BG. He could have been a BG, dude. He looked like he could have been part of Credence Clearwater. I, I'm True. still I'm still staying with Teen Wolf, but well, you know, whatever. <laughs> I, I can that's dig fair. it. I can dig it. Yeah, no, that's a that's fair, fair comparison. <laughs> great, um, a great Kayla quote at the beginning, too. Oh God. Oh my God, dude. Yeah, what let's hear F? that. It was uh maybe I'll call my parents to see what the seventies are like, or maybe I can ask Mark. My and she starts it off I by saying but she starts <laughs> it off by saying, I don't really know what went on in the seventies, and it's like Sure. Yeah. Let's just continue bragging about being stupid. That's that's I don't get that approach. Like you're not it's not funny. Like, Uh, Kayla, you're not that young. You're almost 30. Like you should know what happened in the 70s. Yeah. Like they made a whole show about it. Yeah. You've never watched that 70s show. We've already referenced it seven times today. (laughs) (laughs) You're not a Johnny Depp fan and never watched Blow. I can sum up the 70s in like five words. Really, though? Vietnam disco cocaine lots of sex oh look at that <laughs> five words oh my god Jesus. Um, i'm sorry six i forgot of i did like uh i did like john a's get up though i thought she she really hit that kind of like 70s girl look um and wes with the disco shirt though why is his <laughs> like he has no chest hair why is every shirt unbuttoned what's <laughs> Was like no gold chain. Wes and Nehemiah wearing the same shirt. All right, here's my thing: know. is Wes is so fucking white, it looked like he had a reflective shirt underneath his disco shirt. <laughs> oh my god, you're such a fool. No hate on Wes. I love him, but I'm just anyway. So mid party, um, Darrell starts getting pissed off because he starts noticing that Wes is out politicking and he's like, dude, this is a party. Like we shouldn't be politicking. Um, I think that's 
stupid. I love you, Darrell, but I think that's stupid because <laughs> like that when tell me a challenge at any point ever in history where they've had a party and somebody is not politicking at that party. Like Right. You you'll see a cutscene every single time. Every time. That's what they're for. Like <laughs> every time. I'm sure we'll find a couple of Darrell. That's why Darrell hasn't won a final in since yeah, fucking forever. George Bush was president. Since he but, stopped doing that at parties. Yeah. Start but, start politicking, bro. <laughs> right. So Wes yeah. goes and talks to Mark. We don't really know what he talks about, but then he goes to Jordan and he's like trying to talk Jordan into putting his vote on to yes. And he tells him he's like, dude, he needs to be checked. And Jordan kind of agrees, you know, Jordan agrees with them. Um, and then Wes also approaches John A to see if she would vote yes in. Uh it seems like John A is like kind of on board with Wes. She's not really like giving him like a for sure, like yes or no, either way. But she kind of is like, yeah, no, I can see your point, you know. But at the same time, Miss uh, uh, Jemmy, Veronica, Tina, and Miss, you know, um, the person going into elimination doesn't get a fucking say in who they go against, are sitting around talking about who Veronica wants to go against. So, you know, I'm just saying like Dude, you're so bitter against them God, i love it man i just you're nah. so petty against them i like, just wanted to point it out because i like, said i literally called it, everybody plays the game that way i everybody called it last week. it was because of how how tina went about it though yeah. she like as if it was her god-given right to say who she was going in and who she wasn't going in against that yeah. rubbed them the wrong way and i'm not like i've already established i'm not a huge fan so i'm clearly not like campaigning to defend but yeah i mean look here's my thing is like you're in the authority and one of your alliance members is in there you're of course you're going to give them who they want you know because you but want Tina them to was stay part of her alliance on the last one too and she was like oh fuck that bitch <laughs> like, well they the hadn't fuck? established it yet it, it was, was because in, she was alone it was still a seedling it was not the fucking treehouse alliance it yet. was because she was alone in there this time they had all the spots pretty much yeah. other than John a which John a was pissed at the same people they were pissed at so yeah I mean and look at, at the end of the day it's it is what it is it's politicking for what it is um I think it was kind of pretty self-evident with the girls who was going in off top well even Kelly from the and intro and Kendall knew it. Yeah, yeah it was pretty much right away you know what I mean and 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 it leads into like Kellyanne and Kendall talking off to the side in the kitchen and, uh, you know, basically saying how they're tired of being the nice, playing nice and uh, getting beaten down by the other girls. And it's like, well, you guys had an opportunity to strike earlier and you, you didn't take advantage of it. Yeah. And that's the one that I wrote down when I had mentioned earlier that I had yeah. one from Kellyanne. And that was we're not playing smart. We're playing nice. I'm getting really fucking tired of getting beaten by the girls who are playing smart while we play nice. Yep, exactly. Yep. You know, and she even tells Kendall in that moment, she's like. She's like, you know, if I'd have really, if I'd, we'd have really put our effort into it, I would have told you to throw it on one of those girls, but we didn't. And that's yep. where we messed up. Like Kellyanne knows that they fucked up not, not using that sabotage against the other girls, you know? And yeah, it was a learning experience for sure. It was, it, it definitely was. Um, and then we also get Mark pulling one of the, you know, old school Mark moves. He goes straight to MJ and he's like, Hey bro, who do you want to go up against? Like, who do you want? And, uh, you know, MJ kind of flips it on him and he's like, well, who would you want to go against? And Mark tells him, you know, obviously someone that I outweigh and can outplay. Yeah. <laughs> and MJ says, so his name starts with the Y. 
And Mark's like, yep. (laughs) (laughs) But somehow that goes from them agreeing that yes would probably be the the smallest and, and easiest to beat to then MJ wants Cyrus and says that Cyrus would be easier to beat in an elimination. I I, I just think MJ sees Cyrus's age as a detriment and thinks that he's still a little bit more athletic. And I think he kind of assumed that it wasn't going to be like a really mobile kind of thing because that's been every elimination that we've seen thus far. So he was just kind of weighing the odds. And I feel like he thinks if it came down to like a mobility, he would have a better chance against Cyrus than he would against. Yes. And that's my opinion on it. That's that's definitely a possibility. Here's why I question it. And again, this could just be me reading too far into the situation because that is what I do best. Um, But it makes me wonder because obviously Mark and MJ are somewhat working together in this game, right? Mark cares enough about MJ's outcome in this game to go and ask him who he wants to go against. And MJ in return also asks Mark. So it makes me wonder if there was more to that conversation than what we saw, which obviously there's more to every conversation than what we see. Um, But it makes me wonder if maybe they made some sort of a deal. Like Mark called yes. So that took him off the table. Like that's my easy beat. You don't, you don't get to take my easy beat, bro. Who is your easy beat? Cause yes is my easy beat. And so it makes me wonder if that was kind of the situation. I could see something like that happening and it has happened in the show before. Um, But it just, it makes me wonder if maybe they made a little deal and Cyrus ended up being the next easiest to beat that MJ was like, all right, well then I'll take Cyrus and I'll leave yes for you or whatever. I don't know. Mm. I I just think, I I don't think there was that much into it. I feel like at the end of the day, like when they got into the, uh, their authority meeting and, you know, I love Brad. I really like Brad as a player. I don't like where his social game is when you get these older players in there. Cause I feel like he just does whatever, you know, whoever's in charge says. Yeah. Like last year it was like with Darrell and MJ and all of them. And then this year it's with Wes and I know him and Wes are cool. They've known each other for a long time, but it's like, bro, you got to play your own game. Yeah. And I'm glad that, you know, like Derek and John A basically said, like, we're not doing Wes's game. We're going to do what's best for us. Oh, yeah. When and they we're, were when they were all sitting out by the pool, sitting yeah. by the pool, talking about who they're going to put in. And, mm-hmm. you know, and so they basically say, no, we're not going to throw yes in, yeah. you know, regardless. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and I respected that a lot. And, yeah. you know, like I said, we knew who the girls were putting in from the intro. Um, the guys end up deciding on throwing in who mj wants which is cyrus well they basically blow their votes um jordan oh, on brad, the girls yeah jordan on both oh jordan, both. Yeah. Yeah, jordan and brad both blew their votes because they didn't want to vote cyrus so um jordan voted That's for right. Maya and naya and when he voted for naya he said naya because my vote means absolutely nothing in what you're going to do yeah um and then brad voted for wes and ronnie yep so they yeah. just burned their votes and let everybody else like, I get it. Can, can we talk? Hang on. Can we just address this for just a quick second? Okay. <laughs> because Wes wants yes in and Brad gets word of that. Whether he talks directly to Wes or not, we don't really see that part. But one way or another, he gets word that yes is is being targeted yep. by Wes. And, and, you know, and the whole idea of, oh, you know, what, yes has never been an elimination, blah, blah, blah. And that becomes Brad's argument for potentially throwing yes in. And then when yeah. it comes down to the actual vote, he votes Wes. Made zero sense. I don't know where what that happened? came from. What happened? I don't know where his head's thinking. And 
he could have just messed it up like we've all done at least once tonight and meant to say yes. It's true. Yeah, Jesus. Maybe. <laughs> oh my god. There you go. He's gonna go Problem back solved. and watch that and be like, I really did say that, didn't I? Right. <laughs> and I do like the fact that and I know we've kind of already beaten this to a dead horse a million times, and we could probably get through this without ever saying this again, but um I did like the fact that Jordan did reference when they were talking about Kendall that he did give her the easy out and she didn't take it. You know, like as kind of like it was a confirmation that it wasn't just one of those scenes that the viewers heard and nobody else did kind of thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, long story short, they end up deciding that they're going to put in Cyrus against MJ and they're going to put in uh, Kendall against Veronica in this elimination. Oh, really? Really quick, though, because we jumped right over this right before the nomination ceremony started. Tina found out that her hand was indeed broken and she oh. had to leave the game. Veronica helps her pack up and and out she goes. So Tina was off the table altogether at this point, um, and she had left the game um, before the nomination. So then, yes, they they vote in uh, Cyrus and Kendall, and then they go around and they go and tell I, them. Yeah, and to me, this is the more important part of yeah. it. Like, don't get me wrong, it's important because the authorities picking the two people that are going to be competing, but it's the reactions that happen when they go and tell the rest of the house because it's not just go look at a board they actually physically go around say hey we voted you in yeah and they have to explain it and uh, you know i thought you know kendall cyrus took it pretty well you know he understands the game he wasn't happy of course but he was like fuck yeah but he understands you know it's a it's a game um Kendall does not take it so well. <laughs> well, Kendall, like we said earlier, Kendall wants everyone to just be able to stay in the house and play forever. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So she ends up, you know, kind of telling the girl, she's like, okay, so what? So then I go into elimination and I win and then I come back and now I come after you. Like, is that what we're starting now? And Kayla was like, yeah, I mean, if that's, you know, what you have to do to get to the end, then, you know, that's what you have to do. And this is what we had to do. So yeah. <laughs> sorry about your luck kind of thing, you know? And like, that's the thing I want to say about Kayla real quick, though, that I'm kind of respecting, though, is she's pretty straightforward. It's not like she's sitting there bullshitting in line or she's like, it it is what it is, you know, so I respect that from her. Mm -hmm. I, you know, and I just want to say that Um, I know that, you know, when Kendall went to the confessional, um, you know, Kendall's catching a lot of shit for this right now. and, And I'll kind of just quote what she said. She goes. I feel like the game has gotten uglier because I don't feel like the younger all-stars really understand the sacrifice us older all-stars have made to be here. I'm married. I have three kids. So what am I fighting for is a, no, or, so, so, what so what I'm fighting for is a lot more real, but they're just picking us off one by one. Like we're nothing. And look like I get what she's trying to say, but it, it, it was said poorly in my opinion. And the fact that literally almost every single person in there is either married or has kids like everyone does and they're all everyone almost everyone does and they're all going to go home at some point yeah you know so like it it doesn't make you special i'm sorry look here's here's the only real issue that i had with her confessional i understand where she's coming from i also understand where the other girls are coming from the only issue that i had with the confessional is the way that she worded it saying Mm -hmm. like what i am fighting for is a lot more real um, it, like whether you're there fighting for your kids and your family or you're fighting for your future or your business or whatever it is like to me, one should not outweigh the other one isn't doesn't become more important than the other. Like you're all playing the same game 
And nobody's going to walk into a game for a half a million dollars and be like, oh, you know what? <laughs> Josh, Josh has kids, man. And, and I'm just trying to build my future. I don't have kids, so I might as well just let him win. Like, that's never, ever going to happen. Unless your at, name is Corey and Nelson. Right. At the same time, I also want to acknowledge the fact that these confessionals are prompted a lot of the a lot of them are prompted by PAs that are in the room when the confessionals are given. So they'll ask the challengers certain questions to prompt the situation. How did you feel about X, Y, and Z or like whatever? I could see this being a question of, you know, what was your initial reaction? And this being Kendall's answer to that. And, you know, a lot of the time, like our, our initial reactions to situations aren't always how we truly feel. It's just that initial like shock. Right. Um, so I could see that. And I, I kind of I see where she's coming from. But at the same time, I also understand why people are upset about what she said. So I get it. I, I, I understand what I know where her heart was in the right place when the message was trying to come out, but it didn't get conveyed correctly. Right. I knew where she's yeah. coming. She's talking like. You know, Wes, Wes is married, no kids. Jordan, no kids. Nia, no kids. Kayla married, no kids. Sylvia, uh, she married. She's got a I stepson. Believe. She's got a stepson. Married. Oh, stepson. Married. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. See? That was a nice little moment at the start, too, when she said, like, that gave her the chance. Like, having a stepson, having her husband at home mm -hmm. made her less, um, like, not fearful, but less apprehensive about doing these things. Right. Nice. Yeah. 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 I do remember her saying that. Um, so, you know, so we have that moment with Kendall and again, just, you know, want to say this one more time. If you guys are out there giving Kendall shit for her confessional, just let it go, guys. <laughs> just fuck off. Okay. And if you see people giving Kendall shit for it, just, you know, maybe send her some love, send her a little heart. Let her know that not everybody out here is assholes over a, a TV show. <laughs> um, <laughs> But from there, we go on, and this is the moment where Jemmy gets that phone call that she needs to reach out to her mother um, and finds out that her dad is very sick. We don't really get any information beyond that, um, just that her dad is sick and that Jemmy has to make the decision. You know, her mom's like, it's kind of just up to you. Um, obviously, Jemmy decides that she needs to go home and be with her father, um, you know, so... She she starts packing up and ironically, Veronica also helps Jemmy pack just like she had helped Tina pack earlier that same day. So Tina's or Veronica's just over here packing up all her alliance members like she's got to just be like hating it right now, um, you know, and then I started really thinking about it. And I'm like, yes, is very close to all three of these women, Jemmy, Tina and Veronica. Veronica's in elimination. Tina's out. And now Jemmy's going home. I'm like, this poor guy, like Wes hates him. Everybody's after him. Like, oh my God. Um, but you know, I'm I'm not sure. I don't so obviously if you listen to our podcast, you probably know I'm not a huge Jemmy fan. Um, so I don't really know anything about the situation with her father or what happened or if anything happened afterward, but you know, definitely sending out good vibes for whatever the situation was. And I hope that, you know. Do you have more info? Just a little bit. Um, I just just based on the the episode, um, I I sort of looked on her Twitter just to see if she had posted anything. Yeah. Because um, I mean, like, like her or not, you never want to see somebody go home because there's a problem with their family. And never. I'm never. An only I'm an only child too. So like that. As soon as she said that, it like 
brought it all home real quick. Yeah. Um, she posted, um, I think a couple of days ago, like probably right after the episode aired and said that um, she's not going to get into too many details because she's the one who signed up for the show, not her parents. It's not their lives that have been agreed to be like out in the open. Yeah. Um, but she has said that her dad is doing okay right now. She did mention a couple of other things. If, if you're interested in reading a little bit more, you can just um, go over to her Twitter. It's from a couple of days ago, but she did post like a couple tweet thread um, just to kind of give a little bit of an update. I like that. Perfect. And what I'm actually going to do, um, if you're listening to this, you guys want to read that tweet. I'm going to have a link in the description. Um, that's going to take you straight to that link on Jemmy's Twitter um, but I'm, I'm glad that you said that because that was kind of like, I was trying to touch around the situation cause I didn't really know what happened. Um, so yeah. it's good to hear that her dad is doing okay. Um, and you know, nothing absolutely tragic came out of the situation. And I, um, I respect the fact that she's not, um, spreading her, you know, her parents information around. Um, I wish she would do that with other people, but you know, we'll give her credit where it's due. Um, so I will make sure that I link that down in the description for anyone who wants to see it. Um, but from here, we, we break right into the elimination. Yeah. And, uh, so the elimination on this one's called wait up and what ends up happening, um, with, sorry guys, I just had a brain fart for a second. Okay. Sorry. I had to remember what it was. I, for some reason I kept thinking of the fucking crawl brawl. That's all I thought it was. Um, I was like, uh, this doesn't. And then like, I read the name. I was like, did they have to pull themselves up and like duel two? Sorry. Brain fart. You're good. So, uh, basically what's uh, going on in this is they're kind of like locked in a crate, um, with sandbags and they have to throw these sandbags up over, uh, the fencing. Basically it's not really a crate. That's a hor- That's not a good way. They to describe it. it as a crate, but it's literally like a big giant cage. Yeah. It's just with not without a top and they have to throw it up over the wall of the cage. And there's this like bucket container bucket that's yeah. on a chain and it, you know, it swings and moves around. Um, and once, once there's enough sandbags, it pulls a wall up that they're going to have to take a sledgehammer and it's a, like double layer drywall. Yeah. They're going to have to hammer through it and then crawl through and then get to a bell and ring it. And that's how you win. Yep. Um, so obviously uh, they TJ calls down the people who got last place, who's Veronica and MJ and they come down. And then he calls down, I believe. Did he end up calling Kendall? And no, he no. didn't even call no. Veronica or Kendall down. He just told them while they were yeah. still standing up there that, you know, we've already lost too many people today. That's so, right. That's right. Um, you know, he goes, Kellyanne and Kendall, you lucked out. Or <laughs> I'm sorry, Veronica. Kendall and Veronica, you lucked out tonight. Um, and he was like, you know, but we we still have to do the men's. So. Yeah, we still have to have an elimination. So uh, Cyrus and MJ come on down. They get set up. Um, and... You know, they get started and Cyrus starts off really hot and you're going to be like, oh, shit, there's that basketball background coming in. And it looks like one of the shots might have been a little bit either short or heavy or a little bit long. And it caught the the side of it because it started rocking pretty, pretty drastically. And it was just an uneven. Yeah. And he had no rhythm with how like the pace he was throwing the bags and where the bucket was swinging. He just, he, he looked out of sorts. Yeah. He couldn't well, get yeah, the timing when it, right. When it got closer because the, because the uh, ironically, because the bucket was sloped on the side closest to him to make it easier to get them in. What was happening was when it was swinging back towards him, he was not able to get it up and over because of that slant. He was yeah. hitting the slant and the, the sandbags were falling in front. 
Yeah. And you know what? It, it seemed like MJ had more of like a steady, thorough pace where he was just kind of like making sure that every sandbag counted. He wasn't wasting the momentum and the energy. Obviously, he had the rhythm right where he yeah. would, he was timing it just right to where he'd throw it when it was like swinging away from him. So it would just boop, boop, right into the yep. open container. And like Mark said, it was commercial roofer versus competitive basketball player. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. And I'm, so, I'm sorry, but throwing sandbags, guys, I see people giving Cyrus shit like, oh, you were a you were a, you know, division one basketball player. Blah, blah, blah. Throwing those sandbags is not the same as shooting a basketball. OK, shut the fuck no, up. <laughs> like, Basketballs are full of air. Yes, thank you. They're not full of sand. OK, it's yeah. very different. And that's a medicine ball. And not to mention the weight difference between a basketball and one of those bags of those sandbags, because I guarantee those were like 20, 25 pound sandbags. Oh, yeah. Easily. Find me a basketball that weighs 25 pounds and moves like a sandbag and then tell me that they should still be able to shoot it like a basketball. Like Tony said, the closest equivalent is a medicine ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So MJ's rhythm ends up paying off and he, he he his bucket comes down first and lifts the wall. He grabs the hammer and I'm thinking, oh, dude, he's going to blow through this. And then he starts like going at it like a woodpecker, just hitting the outside. Like he's trying to draw a dotted outline all the way around the fucking box. It's like, bro, what are you doing? Like literally just punch, run and jump through that shit. You'll break it. John A's confession. When's the last time that you actually did construction, MJ? Come on. Yeah, like, I had bro, this like fear. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, bro, like, you're not you're not getting paid for this. Like, as far as like from a customer, you don't have to do it perfect. Just break that shit. (laughs) Yeah, I I had like this PTSD sort of like flashback to um, Abram versus uh, Timmy. And I was just worried that like if one of them bashed through it without using the hammer because TJ said specifically you have to use the hammer to do the thing. Yeah. I was like, I swear to God, if one of these two, cause like it was one of is again, one of those eliminations where you like both of them and you want both of them to stay and you know, it's going to come down to seconds. And I was just really worried that one of them was just going to throw their whole body weight through it yeah, and then ring the bell first and then be told that they're getting disqualified because they didn't use the hammer to break through the wall. Right. Because Timmy had that, that one like full pane of glass yeah. that was left. Yeah, exactly. Fucking MJ, you didn't have to worry about the hammer part, man. He made sure he nope. used every little part of that one. <laughs> oh my god. Like I'm surprised he didn't just start hammering through like an X through so he can line out exactly where he's gonna make that first hard hit Dude, at. Dude, John A's confessional in this though was fucking hilarious. She was like, All I could do is just stare at him like I don't know what the fuck he's doing. He's just sitting there like, (laughs) right? Yeah. He was just waiting for Cyrus to catch up because Cyrus wasn't that far behind. No. Once once he gets a hold of that sledgehammer, my eyes just light up. I'm like, it got got real, real quick. I, I think what MJ was trying to do is he was trying to make an even cut so that once he hit out that center, it would be easy for him to get through. And he wouldn't like cut himself up on the, I get what he was trying to do, but at the same time, it's like, bro, like if you don't get through there, you're going home. Okay. I don't, I don't, I'm going through. (laughs) Yeah. Cyrus was not that far behind. I was loving it. He had to catch up. Like he caught up really quick. And and when I say catch up, no offense to Jimmy, but um, (laughs) he caught up really quick. And 
you know, I think it was Brad that said, like, you know, he's going to bust through, you know, time to bust through that wall like the Kool-Aid man. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was fucking great. Um, that was amazing. <laughs> but uh, so you see MJ finally start stop his outline and start busting through. But at that time, Cyrus is already like busted through like a good foot of the wall in the yeah. center. Yeah. And thankfully, MJ's, uh, you know, dedication worked for him because he was able to get out of that thing pretty quick and get to the bell. And and he did get out clean. I mean, yeah. he had a nice clean yeah. cut on that thing and he got right out. And uh, but did you up- see the editing on that, though? Yeah, it was weird. Was when he terrible. dove, when he dove through, it still had MJ's picture in the corner yeah. when he went from his side and then they flipped the shot. So him jumping out actually looked like it was coming from Cyrus's side mm-hmm. and his photo was gone from the top corner. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they, they didn't want you to know. That. Yeah. So then he just like ran and rang the bell and it wasn't until he ran past the bell that you saw that it was MJ. Because you saw him jump yeah. out, and then they played the rest of it like Cyrus jumped out as well. Yeah, I, I I wonder if it was one of those where MJ was already getting towards the bell, and that's when Cyrus when jumped Cyrus out. Got out. Maybe, yeah. yeah, yeah. But but it was still close because that bell wasn't far away. So even if that was the case, like Cyrus was literally like three seconds behind. Yeah, him. it was like at <laughs> most ten fifteen seconds. If that, you, you know what I mean. Like it wasn't like yeah, Jenny beating bananas like by a half hour on the mountain. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Um, but uh so after that, uh when the eliminations, you know, everybody's done done cheering, uh TJ announces that MJ now has three stars. So what that means is when you win an elimination, you take all of your opponent's stars, regardless of if they haven't yep. been or, or they've so eliminated now, five people, you get all those stars. Yeah. So, so now if somebody comes down and beats MJ and they have their star, then they'll have four. Because they'll get his three and then plus the one that they already have. Because I wasn't sure how that was going to work. Like if you just got the one star for winning an elimination, right? But no, you legit take all of their stars. Yeah. The downside is it's a raw deal for the women. Yeah. Because three stars just went out of the game that they don't have access to. Yeah. Because Tina's been in every elimination. Yes. That's true. And, you know, with Tina and John A going out, like, and Veronica helping them both, that was like the most action she saw in this whole episode. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And, you know, with them, the treehouse losing all those members that quickly in one episode, hence why I'm now referring to them as the branch house, because (laughs) half that tree's fucking gone. It is. Um, In one episode. Yeah, one fucking episode. They're lucky because it would have been three if they let them do that elimination. Because uh, Kendall, I mean, I'm assuming they would have given them lighter sandbags. Kendall only need to get about a one and a half foot hole in that wall. And she would have got through that fucker real quick. Um, in my opinion, at least. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the, to me, the highlight of the show um, and, you know, it probably is the quote of the show to me. I was going to say, this is also another one that I have submitted for the third line of the night. And then I figure we'll vote on that when we do M- MVP here. In a yeah. And so and and it ranks up there with, you know, the conversation to me that maybe not the same level, but what TJ said to uh, Nelson at the finals in 37. But mm-hmm. he's talking to Cyrus and he goes and and to know TJ's and Cyrus's history from Gauntlet 2 really adds to this. As Cyrus and TJ almost came to fisticuffs, um, <laughs> you know, so to see them go from that to TJ saying, Cyrus, honestly, you're the best I've ever seen. 
or you're at, I'm sorry, I'm fucking this up. I can't you read are, your shit. <laughs> I'll read it. No, I'm doing this already. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so TJ goes, Cyrus, honestly, you are the best I've ever seen you. For real. You understand? No joke. Take care of yourself for real. Gives him the bro handshake hug thing. And absolute eye contact. The whole time. Yeah. You know what? The yeah. only downside was is is we didn't get the I'm sure we're going to see you here in the future. You know, kind of. He hasn't been saying that on All Stars, but I also want to throw out. Um, yeah. I forgot to write this down, but it, I it, my memory was just triggered. Wes also gives an incredible compliment to Cyrus it. in his confessional. Do you have it? Yep. I'll let you take it. Then go for it. Cyrus, you were one of the people that has created this game. You paved the way for people like me to play it the way that I do. Take care of yourself. That's yeah. very true. Like, oh, my heart, man. Damn. <laughs> and, and I know I referenced it, the interview that we had with Cy recently, but like I told him this and I'll, I'll admit it to you guys because you'll hear this first is to me, like growing up, I was at that age about between like 11 and 14 when he was at his like peak popularity on MTV mm -hmm. and I thought he was the coolest fucking guy ever. Yeah. You know, like he was just He's like just the so epitome smooth. of cool. And and honestly, talking to him now, it reinforces that he's still the coolest fucking guy I've ever met. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. he's right up there with tech is just badass to guy. So well, it's, and, and it's like no effort. Like they're just just genuinely. naturally cool. Yeah. Like just. And that was like his final quote there when he was doing his closing thing. When he said, when you see me again, I promise you I will be bigger, stronger, badder. I'm coming for the win. I'm going to be that dude again at 50. I'm going to be that fucking dude. Yep. I believe it. I love it, yep. dude. And I'm here for it. I'm here for Cy. I'm here for all the work he's been putting in. Just I, I, I love it. I'm glad to see him back. I always liked Cyrus, like Rick said. You know, he just he was just always like you said, he was always that dude. You know, he's just he's cool and he's smooth. And like I always refer to, to Cyrus as like a cool cat. And if you're friggin, you know, <laughs> Any type of like Gen X or millennial, you know exactly what I'm referring to. If you're Gen Z, mm -hmm. you probably don't know what I'm trying to say. But <laughs> he is a cool cat. That is for right, sure. Just to reiterate this again on that elimination. I Watching that is like watching two of the people I first watched back in the day. Yeah. You know, Cyrus and, and then shortly after MJ. And it's just like, all right, who am I rooting for here? Yeah. And then I'm just like, you know all right, well, MJ's got the head then, but you see it. I and mean, like Tony was talking about and referring to, I just watched it real quick is MJ's running towards the bell. You see Cyrus make the jump out. And it's just like, it was really that close. It was so close, so close. And also shout out to um, MJ. Cause we forgot to mention this. He mentioned it in his little exit um, little interview right there. Uh, or not exit interview, but like when they talk to him right after the elimination and he mentions that this is the first elimination he's won since the one that he won in duel two um, against Dunbar when he had to do that. And we actually just had this on our stories the other day. He had to pull the chains. It was the elevator one. And that was the one where Mark Long was standing on the side and he was just repeating Bella Rain, Bella Rain, Bella Rain, screaming mm -hmm. it at MJ, trying to give yep. him that motivation to keep pushing and pull his self to the top to ring the bell and MJ ended up winning that elimination that day. And this is the first time he's won since then. And it's been over a decade. So fucking props to MJ, dude. He, he, he did really well. And even with a knee injury, you know, I know there wasn't yeah. a lot of leg movement, but still, you know, just wanted to give him um, a shout out for that.
Um, did you guys have anything else you want to add about the episode? Cause I have a couple notes of the like next on, um, and then I think we'll go ahead and vote on MVP and stuff. I'll, I'll, I'm just going to kind of preface what you're about to get into with saying this. Yeah. Seeing some of the previews that Karina's going to talk about real quick. And then knowing some stuff that I found out today on accident, stay tuned. It's going to be a Dude. fucking badass season, and yeah. you're not going to want to miss it. No, you're you're definitely not. We definitely found something out today that I almost wish I didn't know, but at the same time, I'm like, oh man, I'm excited. <laughs> um. So anyway, so we get a next on. We get a next time on. Um. It looks like they're obviously going to be bringing in a replacement. Um. They obviously didn't show who it was, but it shows Ronnie's reaction to this. And she's like, oh, yeah, I can beat her. <laughs> and I'm like, "Ooh, OK, girl, get it. <laughs> um, it's going to be good. It's it's going to be good. It's going to be real good. Um, and then it looks like next week's daily is that um, it, we had seen previews of this previously. Uh, it looks like they're way up on a big old building, hanging off the side of a big ass building, doing math of. 100,000 million feet in the air and uh, high school math (laughs) challenge math challenge math challenge high school math yes don't forget PEMDAS does not exist in the (laughs) challenge universe um and uh you know look seems like it's one of those those uh dailies where you only have a certain amount of time to finish that that problem because then the floor is going to fall out and you're going to fall with it so I'm excited to see that one But what really got me about this is they the next shot is this like overhead shot of next week's elimination. And it almost looks like a fucking boxing ring in the middle of the arena. And Derek comes in with a confessional and he says it's the heavyweight matchup of all stars history. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And somebody gets carried away in an ambulance. I'm so fucking hyped. Oh, my God. Let's fucking go. I'm like, okay, heavyweight matchup of the All-Stars history. Like, to me, heavyweight tells me, like, the big boys, right? So that's, like, Mark, Brad, MJ. Like, those are the biggest guys in the house right now. Jordan. So Jordan's Durrell. not a big guy, though. I, I'm i looking at it from a different perspective. I'm looking at it as heavyweight as, like, as in reputation. Maybe. I'm looking at heavyweight as an actual heavyweight. We've already had the heavyweights. We had Mark and LT. Yeah, but that's not... That's what I'm saying. I think it's if it's that it's going to be like Mark and Brad. It's going to be some some big fucking. I, I think big names is what it's going to be. But yes, I'm stoked. And Let's somebody go. somebody goes away in an ambulance too. So that like on a stretcher in the ambulance. So I'm excited to see what fucking happens. Like my nerves going through this season. <laughs> oh, um. No. Yeah. So. Anyway, so super exciting. Next week looks like it's going to be awesome. So make sure you guys come back and watch that on Wednesday. Premieres on Paramount Plus. Um, releases, you know, 12 a.m. on Wednesday. So really. Usually, unless you're in Canada and they forget. Unless you're in Canada and they don't push the the maple leaf button. Not that I'm bitter. And then you have to call them out on Twitter. <laughs> well. Um, so anyway, um, if you guys listened to our episode last week, you know that we're going to actually throughout this season and each episode, we're going to track, um, who we think the MVP was. We're also going to take polls on who you guys think the MVP is of that episode for male and female. So if you are not following us on Instagram or you're not in one of our Facebook groups, 
go fix that because that is where we're going to be taking the polls is in the challenge fandom Facebook group, the challenge trash talk Facebook group, and then on our challenge fandom podcast, IG page. So make sure you come so that you can, uh, or make sure you guys come find us so that you can get your, uh, you know, your opinion heard on who you think the MVP of each episode is. I ran a poll and did posts and all that stuff in both groups and in the IG and I have the results. But before we go over that, I thought we'd go around and just kind of give our um, personal MVPs and just kind of see how it lines up with the fandom. So, Rick, you want to go first? No. Okay. Make Josh go first. Josh, you want to go first? <laughs> Whoa, no, just because he said make Josh go first, I don't want to go first. I'm not going first just because you don't want to. <laughs> no, um, so I'm, I'm going to... I'm gonna go with my guys first, just because my guys is is set. Yeah. Um. It's 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 MJ. Um. Even I mean he get he gets hurt and he's not much in the uh, the daily. Um. But you know, in that elimination, winning it, still being a big part of the secret alliance that seems to be running behind closed doors. Yeah. But he's still there. He's not going anywhere. Um, and you know, he's got the best Crocs in the house. He does. He really does. I still <laughs> no. got to clip that for you. I'll go second. So that way Tony can take third. <laughs> I just want to make Josh go first. Cause I feel like I go first at everything. So. <laughs> oh There's my that. God. Okay. Um, so, uh, guys, mm-hmm. I'm going, you know what? I know it's traditional go with the elimination winner, but I feel like MJ got lucky with his knee that it was a really stationary elimination. If there was any type of movement, it might be a different conversation we're having right now. True. But I want to talk about the guy who just was the fucking flash of this episode, and that's Brad. <laughs> like, he fucking smoked that daily. And so, to me, with the 70s outfit, can't not give him the MVP of the episode. So, there we I go. I like it. I like it. Uh, Tony, did you have your mail set? I do. Well, <laughs> I pick Cyrus. Oh, I, like I like that. My MVP because he came, he made it through the first two heats of the of the challenge. And then technically he did hit a ball. It just happened to be one of Jordan's. Um, <laughs> so. Can't argue that. Oh my gosh. Not tap. And he apologized. He did. So. He did. Shouts shouts to Cyrus for that for sure. And I'm then sure he Jordan also like he took being sent back into the elimination in stride. Yeah. He had some great moments. Um like classic cars have some carb issues and he needs a new carburetor when he got the water down the wrong tube. Right. Um, got some spirit <laughs> fingers when he was told he was going into elimination. And <laughs> He really wasn't that far behind MJ. No, he wasn't. I like that. I like that pick. I've got Cy and then I've got Brad as my honorable mention because he absolutely beasted through the the challenge. He looked awesome in his 70s attire. And I don't really need to have any more reasons than that. Oh, also, the, the other reason was because of his amazing eye mask. That he was just randomly wearing at breakfast. Yeah. Yes. I love it. Yes. That was amazing. <laughs> um, so for myself, for my for the males, um, I also have Brad as my MVP. I just feel like Oh, look at us, hive mine on the same page. How's that burn, Josh? <laughs> oh, oh God. look at you switching your vote from what you put on Facebook. I didn't. 
Who? No, oh, him? Rick did. Oh, I was like, who did? I was fucking, I was high when I did that. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I won't go too into depth. Obviously, we know, you know, Brad just, he had a really good episode. And I'm just, I'm very much enjoying this newer version of Brad that we've been seeing, um, especially this season. Like, I feel like, you know, he's, he did a lot of like growth last season. And then even more this season, I just like, I just really am enjoying Brad. And I feel like this episode really showed a lot of what he's capable of both, you know, socially, um, physically. And by socially, I mean like in the party, I don't mean his terrible social play in the authority because that was just weird. And I'm just going to pretend that part didn't happen. Um, (laughs) but definitely going to give that one to Brad. So. It didn't negatively affect him. So um, <laughs> no, it, for, it didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go first on the girls. Yeah. Um, like I thought this one could have gone a couple different ways, just depending on how you want to, you know, look at it, but I'm going to kind of steal what Josh said. I'm going to go with John a because second time in a row in the authority didn't have like the most dominating one, but it's John a, she just slides by. Right. And, yep. and you know, she just does well every single time. And the fact that she's, like Josh said, she's part of this, like, underground alliance that nobody's really seen. All they see is her and MJ, but they're not seeing all the other connections she's making. Yep. And uh, she's keeping it pretty under wraps already. So, my MVP. I like it. I, I also have John A as my female MVP for all the same reasons that you just said. And then, you know, I just think it's really impressive that as a newer player, um, she's able to sit down with all these all-stars and have all these moves made that benefit her without her actually having to stick her neck out. And I'm just really impressed with that. And I, I honestly, I'll be a hundred percent transparent here for me. It came down to John a or Kayla, and I'm always going to pick John a over Kayla. So <laughs> and that's just a bias. I'll be a hundred percent honest with you guys, but yep. either, um, either one, Josh or Tony. I'll go. So Josh doesn't have to. I'll go last <laughs> this time around. Okay. So I also had John A for all the reasons that were mentioned. Um, my honorable mention, one of them is Kayla for, I mean, obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, Agreed. I'm, I'm fully willing to admit when someone that I may not necessarily be like a massive fan of plays well. Yeah. Um, it yeah. also stands out more because I'm, I'm not necessarily looking for it. Um, so the fact that she was able to put herself on my radar um, not that I have like an almighty radar by any means, but <laughs> just the fact that she was able to like make the moves that she did. And other than people leaving outside of game reasons, she was able to keep her entire alliance in the house, which something has to be said for. And then except for her team, except for two of her players, <laughs> branch <laughs> house, holla. Sorry. I, I said outside of game reasons, um, <laughs> And then the other one would be Kendall because despite everything, she still like she took the elimination. She went in, she planned on coming back from the elimination. Um, she didn't let it break her. She kept going forward. She knows that she's in a minority alliance against what was a majority alliance at the start of the episode. I don't actually know how many of them are left total. Right. Um, but I also think that she acknowledges that this is a turning point. Yeah. Um, so for, for that alone, she's an honorable mention. Nice. I like it. Josh, who you got? Everybody. 
<laughs> Seriously, dude. I'm like, on Facebook, I'll be, you know, totally upfront. On Facebook, it was no questions asked. It was Jonay. When I sat here and I rewatched it, listening to everybody else, I'm like, okay, I can be persuaded to Kayla. Um, I could be persuaded to Kendall, and that's an easy persuasion. Um, but I can also, don't shoot me, I can also be persuaded to Sylvia. Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not arguing. But, I I don't think there was like a main standout this episode outside of like, I'm, you know. If, uh, I'm going to be 100% honest. In the fandom's eyes, there were very clear standouts in this episode. Well, shit. All right, Josh. But let's just yours. wait for Josh's, and then I'll tell you guys what the percentages were. Well, he said okay. all of them. I know, but I, he has well, to pick one. Those, <laughs> all right, with with those four, um, just going to have to stick with Jonay then. Jonay. Fair. Jonay. All right, what's the fandom say? All right, so I took, I took, I pulled together um, all of the... MVP submitted on IG and then pulled together all the polls and did all the blobbity blobbities. And this is what it broke down to. <clears throat> Brad, calm down. I'm just trying to read. <laughs> I know. Stop trying to read my shit. I want to see her face as she's reading them off, too. Damn yeah. it. I know. I can't read like this. Okay. So Brad, um, Brad one like in an astounding way he had 54 percent of the votes it's the fucking beard it's the beard i'm (laughs) telling you not a drop of mud on that beard going that fast like that doesn't even happen to trucks when they go mudding i'm just being honest so brad is our mvp of this episode um like by a landslide like insane uh, next up behind him was Jordan, and then the next male in line for third place of MVP was Wes. Um, so not a bad lineup, and I can see why all three of them would have been chosen. Um, yeah. A lot of the people said Jordan because he stepped up to the plate and tried to you know, yeah. make it easier on Kendall, and they appreciated that side of Jordan. So I see where they're coming yeah. from, but I definitely, d- Brad definitely took this one <laughs> with no questions. Um, and then for the females, uh, Jeanne got 48% of the um, votes. And then the next closest was Kayla at 20%. And then shockingly, and I don't know how this happened, but Veronica was the third most voted for female for MVP this episode. And I highly disagree. Packing but, skills? Hey, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it was for that one-liner. No, honestly, I think it was because, was you know, thought? she... I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> My bad. No, I, that was a dick move. Go ahead, Josh. No, no, I'm done now. Everybody quiet till Josh says something. <laughs> You're a dick. I know. I'm sorry. No, I, I mean, here's my thing is like, I think it's kind of like a sentimental thing. Like the fact that she lost the two people that she was the closest to and that she was there for them. Like, like without any question like it was just kind of I, like I, an, yeah i'm i get it was it. a friendship just, thing it, it, you know it's it's that sentimental value and i and i get it i really do honestly i i get it goes but, beyond the game yeah yeah so yeah so that was that and then um the only other thing that we were kind of looking at tonight was we actually had like multiple lines of the night for this episode um, and so the three that we kind of pulled together was, uh, the one from earlier when Wes was, um, talking to yes. And that original little sit down coffee date, 
Um, and Wes says to him, I do love to stir the pot and I'm going to put him in my little fucking pot and I'm going to stir him around because he's nothing but an ingredient in my life that I'm going to bake, eat and shit out. So that's option one. Um, and then we have the last two that we, um, had recorded down was they were both from TJ. Um, the first one was the one when he was talking to Kendall, um, and she had asked if she could throw the sabotage on herself. And he was like, I mean, yeah, you could, but you know, you are playing for a half a million dollars here. I'm not sure if you know that, you know? And so we have that one down as option two. And then option three, um, was that closing, uh, statement that he made to Cyrus, where he said, Cyrus, honestly, you are the best I've ever seen you for real. Do you understand? No joke. Take care of yourself for real. And then he gave him the little, I don't know what you guys, what you boys call that. I call it the it's bro, a handshake. I call it the bro handshake hug. Like it's like, a, it's a like, called an embrace. Yeah. I don't know, but that's, he gave him one of those, which is not a normal thing that TJ gives somebody leaving an elimination. So that really stuck out to me. So, um, and that'll be option three. And Tony, I already seen you sticking up your fingers to vote for option three. <laughs> so we'll do that. Um, as, as much as I love option three, I'm going to keep it consistent. Go Wes. Wes. All right. And Josh, what do you think? Dude. Uh, all right. First off, I missed the whole Cyrus interview. So, you know, that's where it's like up right there. Like it's that moment that TJ had with Nelson. Yeah. And it's the moment that he has with Cyrus. And like you mentioned earlier, the gauntlet two incident and seeing what that is. But it's just like, you know, then you have that West moment where it's like, oh, you know, takes you back to that West and Josh thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> this isn't but a thing. <laughs> because of where I'm at and what mood I'm in right now, I have to go with option three with Cyrus. Okay. That's that's also the one that I voted for. So look at you guys all thinking the same. Poor poor Ricky. He he. You know what though, Wes? He 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 got you. Okay. Yeah, I'll stand <laughs> on this. Wes and bananas. Let's go. <laughs> Rick's gonna die on the West Hill. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So anyway, if you guys are listening to this right now, we'll go ahead. Um. We'll put up a poll. We want to know what you guys think about our final choices for the line of the night. And if you guys thought there were any that we missed, make sure y'all let us know. Well, guys, we want to thank you uh, so much for tuning in tonight uh, and listening us take a 45 minute episode and break it down in two and a half hours. It takes a special group of people to do that. (laughs) And we just happen to be those people for you. So we appreciate you guys putting in more time and effort listening to us than watching your favorite show. I can't um, even complain about being tired because poor Tony. Yeah, exactly. You can't talk shit. And me and Tony are, and, and Karina, we still are going to be on here for another like 40 minutes, probably recording hour this. and a half. Bet. No, we can't. Bet. Them. Anyways, guys. Okay. So let me do the closing. Great. All right, guys. So for myself, Ricky Hayes, my beautiful wife, Karina Hayes, who's terribly upset with me right now, <laughs> Tony, stats and info, Lance. And the only person she's pissed off at more still, Josh motherfucking <laughs> Chambers. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We love y'all. If you get a chance, rate us five stars. If you don't, we still love you anyways. Have a great day. Bye. See you later. Bye.